Yo, this is Nick Nag, and you're checking out the Feedback Podcast with the homie back. Yeah. What up, everybody? It's back with the Feedback Podcast. And in this episode, I talked to Cole Blue and Jesse Bretta. And we talk about the electronic uh, dance music scene in Austin. I mean, I'm not that familiar with it, so it was great to learn about what they went through. Uh, they put together a temporal talent uh, artist management company. Jesse's been doing Gravitas recordings for a few years now. Uh, Cole was over at Proper Entertainment. So we talk about all of that, their background in music and event promotion. Uh, what the scene is like in Austin, what it became, talk about production. I mean, there's so much. And again, uh, I learned so much in this episode. I'm sure you will too. Uh, definitely a great show. On another note, make sure you go to uh, Twitter, Facebook, uh, iTunes, subscribe, rate, let me know what you think. Give me some feedback. And uh, that's it. All right, let's go. We're live. Welcome to the Feedback Podcast. My name is Beck, and today I get to talk to my man Cole Jones. How you doing? Hey, what's up, man? And Jesse Breda. Hey, hey. Thank you for coming. And this is going to be good because, one, and you, it's all about, you know, you two, what you guys do, and you're into the uh, more the dance music, electronic stuff, which I'm not. I'm getting into it a little bit. However, I'm a hip-hop head. And so this is going to be good because I'm going to learn a whole lot. I'm sure uh, you guys out there listening are going to learn too. And uh, yeah, let's get into it. But first and foremost, I want to get to know this guy, yeah. <laughs> Cole. Yeah. Well, I know, I know him, but I mean, it, it's really, uh, you've been doing promotions for 25 years, I've whatever it is. Son, it seems like I came out of my mom's womb, but uh, uh, you know, here in Austin, when yeah. I get here at 03. You got here in oh, 03? Yeah, 03. Moved here from Lubbock. Uh, and, but promotions and music stuff really started uh, coming to a head probably about 08. Really? Yeah. For some reason, I, th- I, I thought you were in this for... In Lubbock, were you doing any? I did some it, things there in Lubbock, but small. It was local through the kids at the high school. Or, you know, I'd always try to have the coolest house party or bring in some entertainer in the house or a DJ or... You know, like, uh, shout out to my homie Valen, but uh, Zeely, like, when I first moved here, before he was really doing some things, he came and did some house parties. Like, I was always wanting to try to have uh-huh. uh, something cool, so there's some roots there. Did you always know that you wanted to do that kind of stuff? back? Like, how did it start for you back then? Uh, I always knew I wanted to, in, in some facet or another, be uh, affiliated with the, the music and entertainment industry. Uh, was there a lot of music at the house, or what uh, was it that made you? I mean, you said your dad tons. did. A- yeah, my my dad was a musician, played uh, with some some Texas greats. Uh, you got Jesse Guitar uh, Taylor, uh, Joe Ely, who's part of the Flatlanders. You know, he'll go into the Texas Hall of Fame. Um, but you know, he was drove bo- buses for uh, ZZ Top, Waylon Jennings, Oh shit, Jimmy Cliff. Uh, did you ever uh, go? Weather report. You know, there's there's supposedly a photo of mine somewhere in his stuff where it's uh, there's a photo of me and like Billy Gibbons, uh, Billy Gibbons when I'm like one on a tour bus or something. But I, I haven't found it. But that was that was before my time, man. <laughs> so it was it was just in my blood. 
And then you were like, one day you were, you were like, okay, it's high school. I want to be the cool kid, and I want to. Not even that, man. I was always the people wanted the new music. They came to me. People wanted to hear something. I always, you know, just growing up, I was, I was always that dude. And uh, you had the record collection at home, like from your parents or something. Or? Uh, great collection. Mom and my mom was a pioneer. She owned a hair salon, and she was like one of the first people to get like satellite radio, and she was jamming the new new. Before people in Lubbock, Texas knew what the hell hit them. I mean, they'd come into her salon and she would, you know, she'd be in a whole nother level. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, you know, I, I grew up like if you're, t- you know, we're doing electronic stuff, Goldie, you know, my mom would play Goldie at 7 a.m. on Saturdays trying to get my ass up to, the, to no do way. chores. <laughs> That's <laughs> like, awesome. <laughs> yeah, uh, that'll get you up. <laughs> so, um, you know, I was I was just always very fortunate to to hear different styles of the of the blues in the beginnings, like uh, St- Charles Stubblefield, good friend of my my dad's. Um, like I was always at Stubbs and love it. Growing up, I'd always hear the blues mus- musicians coming there. I grew up playing the piano. It's just uh, did you ever how- have some of those artists at the house? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a few. I mean, I I I personally jam- was able to jam with Buddy Miles, who's the uh, uh, drummer of of uh, Jimi Hendrix. But that's the the biggest one that I can think. But there there'd be people that that come and go. Wow, can you imagine? Yeah, it's pretty wild. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I'm yeah. sure. I mean, like your lullabies must have been like road stories from the road. <laughs> like, yeah, that one time me and the no telling, man, no telling what those could have been. <laughs> And so you you were um, so you started in high school, started throwing parties. Uh, yeah, I mean there would be rotational parties between me and some friends' house, but I think that's that's more of where you know my mom always threw the coolest house parties, and I think growing up and seeing that and just seeing what all it takes, just to, even on the smallest of level, probably sparked my interest a lot because I always liked. Uh, uh, I want I want all the people around me to have a good time and to enjoy themselves and if I can help curate that way uh, mm-hmm. or in any way possible and um, you know I I indirectly have the, probably the best time you know if everyone's having a great day so you know it's that's a little selfish and uh, and and a little selfless at the same time but um, I think that's that's truly where I started uh, beginning to enjoy. You're doing some of the same stuff, Jesse. Yeah, definitely. Um, like yeah, that, I mean, that young, like you're yeah. Already- when I, I think when I was seventeen years old, I organized a a park party with like five bands, and it was like a little lala. Like I called it like Jesse Palooza or something silly like that. <laughs> Actually, I don't think it was that bad, but it was it was something something around there. Yeah, I played in bands in in high school, and um, yeah, I mean, same thing. Music is in my blood. My mom was a singer songwriter, and my dad was a bass player, and he ended up being the bass player in her band. Uh-huh. Um, and she, she did some significant stuff. She ended up going to tour, uh, in some in Europe and went, even went to Russia. And this was like in the eighties during the cold war and things like that. And, oh no. um, she did some recording. She told me a story just recently about how she did a recording in Nashville and just met some, some, uh, the big important people. And she was so young that she didn't really know who, who was who. And mm-hmm. some of the producers were kind of playing tricks on her where, they she needed she needed a fiddle player and they had arranged for this fiddle player to come in and and do uh some work with with her uh and so he came in with his fiddle and she thought that it just was a coincidence that this guy showed up and she's like trying to barter with him hey can i pay you a little bit of money to to work on this track <laughs> i forget the guy's name but it turns out he's like the most famous fiddle player at the time in nashville and the the producers had kind of arranged it to be like that so yeah you know my mom was definitely 
into music. I, and I guess from an early age, I was already uh, like even at the like preschool level, like organizing people to, hey, everybody get in this circle and we're going to do this and that and sort of the. Uh, it, it was never to 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 impress a girl because I've heard that story many times before. I mean, I've definitely taken advantage of this. <laughs> I mean, the woman I'm married to now is yeah. like, you know, she thought I was cool because I was a DJ kind of thing. So, yeah, I mean. They, they you get into the game, you're the cool kid. Everybody wants to be around you. Yeah. Everyone wants to it doesn't, hang It doesn't hurt you. you. It doesn't hurt you. Of course not. Well, and, you know, I guess in, in, in high school, maybe I, I was just kind of like, I wanted to be the rock star. Like all of, all whatever all that includes, you know, dr- uh-huh. drugs and alcohol kind of thing. So I always definitely had the party uh, when it came to that. So, Man, now I wish I would have <laughs> thrown parties at my high school. <laughs> yeah. Well, we had some parties too, but it was house parties, but... I would I would just show up, but I'd be the life of the party. That's for sure. Right. That was, that, was, that was my role. I think I think it, a lot it, of that is is from you know Jesse's from Amarillo. I'm from Lubbock. You know, you get up in, in the Panhandle of Texas and West Texas. There ain't, there ain't shit to do. So you you got to create your yeah. own. Family. Oh yeah, that's true. That's for sure. That so, is true too. Uh, yeah, yeah. I when I started high school, you know, I was I definitely wanted to be a rocker. I was all into like the Doors and Metallica and. And you know bands like that, the '60s and, and metal. And, <laughs> Why are you and laughing? Because <laughs> well, I'm sitting here and um, a white dude from Lubbock, and all I'm banging is like double disc, Tupac allies <laughs> on me, and like all these like West Coast gangster rap right, stuff. Right. Uh, it's it's just funny where, where that, we that all was, come from. That yeah. was your first love, as far as music goes. Yeah, me- like heavy metal, heavy metal, and and, and you know rock and, and '60s rock. But so I started I started high school and I was like the outcast stoner kid. In these like advanced, uh, you know, advanced classes for for nerds or whatever, and then, <laughs> and then by the end, when I was a senior, then all those kids they wanted to like try pot or or do whatever they wanted to <laughs> experiment with things, and I was the guy they came to. So that was I, I felt like I was like the Timothy Leary of, of Amarillo, <laughs> <laughs> spreading the uh, psychedelic so- joys of. Of, uh, go see that brother kid. He has all of this <laughs> shit. Yeah, yeah, we're, yeah. There you go. And, yeah, and you, nice. you were the the hip hop. Hip hop was um, your thing. Yeah, straight up. Just me and all. Our, me and all my friends. We we just thought our shit didn't stink, and we uh, <laughs> we listened to all the hip hop from back then. East Coast, uh, West Coast, East Coast, West Coast. You wouldn't even talk Mr. Coop and Honey Bun out of Lubbock, or if you want to get down south to to Robert Davis and the and the Screw Shop guy. Um, at all, we we were all, uh, um, you know, when Little Flip Chameleon and that whole thing came on, I think a lot of that caught on. Uh, that was in high school for uh-huh. a lot of the guys, but uh, that really kind of made that scene popular. But really, whatever, if it carried a good beat and the guy was aggravated or something, had a message to it, and then you know we were listening to it. But I mean, you were right there at the right time. I mean, in the eighties. Perfect. Perfect growing. I was born in eighty four. So yeah. right as you know, when I, I came up with it. Yeah, pretty much. Did, did any of y'all at some point had a crew? Cause that's what I've been hearing a lot too. Like you start getting together with the same with the same kids. Nick Knack was talking about the dope villains, right? And it was him and this other guy, and they right. were just like doing all kinds of crazy <laughs> shit around around the um, around town, and yeah. like they would get together and listen to some music. <laughs> and at one point, I mean, that wasn't his, his story, part of his story, but like. You know, maybe one of them started to rap. The other one's like, "Oh, you know what? I could be, a, I could be a DJ. I saw this shit on TV or whatever." <laughs> Did you guys get any, any of that stuff? I mean, I I had a band, so I mean, that's the equivalent of like a hip hop crew for sure. When I went, when I hit college, I definitely had. Oh, a, when a you crew. say band, you mean 
not band at school. Band, no, actually, I had a real, band. I had a real rock band. Oh, yeah. my bad. I thought you meant you played in the band. Yeah, I put, I, I put, <laughs> like, that's not cool, man. Yeah, no, I played lead guitar in a band, and, and, and we were decent, man. I gotta say, we we could play Tool songs, which if if you know about Tool, yeah, they're, they're no they're no joke. So that was pretty good. Yeah, they're badass. Did you thought you could rap at some point? I still can. <laughs> Let me drop a beat real quick, what, Mr. What? Cole. Yeah, yeah. Blur um, is about to drop some some bars here. No, I got a I got a couple aliases uh, back in in Lubbock. I'd I'd be known to uh, to hop, hop in in a circle every once in a while, but uh, you know. Oh, what what were the, back, what were the aliases? Come on. Um, Kojo is one. Okay. It's, it's Cojo Cole Jones. Um, so Kojo came out. Um, what were else? CBJ. Uh, that's pretty simple, but Kojo Kojo was probably my my main. He pictured his guy in a cipher. No, <laughs> no, not at all. No. I will surprise some people. No, though, I'm sure. Look, well, you know what? He I can play piano, myself. and, and he's and so, he's quite good. So uh, I give him that. He's <laughs> got you. rhythm. He's got harmony. He knows yeah. what's up. I mean, when you when you grow, when you're right yeah. in it. Uh, I think at some point we all thought that we could do it anyway. Sure. When you grow man, up with that stuff, it's for the love. It's fun, man. Exactly. I, when you, when you, it, and it doesn't matter what you're doing, as long as it's in art, music, whether uh, you're emceeing or whatnot. But if you're in a circle with people and you're mm -hmm. uh, creating energy, and you and you get in the moment like that, I don't think that there's uh, another feeling in the world that really will quite hold a, a candle to it because it's it's. It's such a great feeling, and when yeah. you look around and, and the people are feeling what you're what you're creating, and, and vice versa, um, it's it's beautiful, man. Definitely. Yeah, I was the kid in high school. Well, not high school here because I came here my senior year, but in France, I was the kid always with the headphones on, and I would just learn the the lyrics by heart. I know what the fuck they were saying, but I would just recite. Right. So I would get on the bus, and everybody knew it was me because they could hear me from the back of the bus, and I was like. <laughs> I came to bring the pain, hot call from the brain. <laughs> and then my friends were like, what the fuck are you listening to? The method like, man might have a run for his money right yeah, there. Yeah, no, but I mean, it's, it's like there was French hip-hop at the time that was huge, but I was more into American hip-hop. And I was the kid with all the American hip hop, so like I would be like, "Dude, you gotta check this out. There's this guy named Snoop Dogg. He talks about bitches. I don't know what bitch. I don't know what bitches are, but there's pictures of dogs on the on the on the yeah. cover. I love it." I'll tell you something about the French hip hop, and there and a lot of it comes out of Canada too. But they're even to or to this day, they're keeping the true organic hip hop alive. If you go back and you listen to the DJs that are coming from out of there, yeah. you you st you still hear. The organic of of jazz music and and soul and, yes. the, and the beginnings of it and they and they still you know they embody the essence of the hip hop that I truly love and and people in France the French hip hop and in Canada obviously because of the French up there but yeah they um you know there's a lot of that stuff out there and it's stuff to this day that I, I, I still jam it's still um it's not the, as true these days because they're getting into that more trap sound. Mm -hmm. But back then, every single produced beat was, you could hear the instruments. You could hear the piano. You could hear the violin. You could hear all of that. And you could hear the, it's, it wasn't as much about sampling because you don't really, they didn't really sample. The same way that here you had 60s and 50s records that they would sample from. You know, James Brown's the most sampled you know, yeah. artist in the hip hop history. Um, we didn't have that back there. So it was mostly just create stuff from scratch. And let me throw some keys. Let me throw some uh, uh, some brass in there, and it, it was beautiful. And that's what I really appreciated. Not as much anymore, but it's hard to keep up anyway. No. Anyway, back to you guys. Do you remember? Uh, so you started like booking gigs. Uh, honestly, so 
all all this as far as the uh, the quote unquote bookings and 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 all that stuff that that all that all began with a good buddy of mine named Chris, uh, who, the guy you've had on the show, Chris, Chris Proper. Proper. Yeah, uh, shout out, what's up, brother? Um, and that and you know he and I met. I remember the first time we we hey, moved the mic a little closer. Sorry about that. Um, first time we met, we uh, were mutual friends. We're sitting at Eddie V's, and uh, come out. He gets out in his truck, and you know he he was. He was wanting to do this. He's wanting to to get in the music game, and uh, he pulls up in his truck, and we're about to part ways. And uh, we just had a, a short conversation there, just like, "Hey, man, let's do this. Um, there's opportunity on the table. Let's get it." And then, uh, you know, I don't know the exact time period from there, but um, you know, first show came out with KRS One at Mohawk and yeah. sold out, and. I uh, had a great supporting local cast uh, on there as well, and 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 that's how the quote unquote bookings began. Chris Chris handled all of that stuff uh, for the most part. So, mm-hmm. do, do you know Chris? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Have, have you worked Have you worked with him or? Yeah, we worked together on some stuff. Not not a ton, but I mean, I definitely support his his hustle and. Oh yeah. You know he's got a, he's got a vision and he's he's true to yeah he does to what he what he lo- <laughs> what he loves you know and that's. He's not just chasing money, which I think is really cool. Yeah. yeah, I mean, he's really, yeah, he really has a vision. If you if you got got you guys uh, listening right now, if you haven't heard the show, go back listen to the. I don't forgot what number it is, but look up Chris Proper. It was a great, uh, great talk. Um, so you've worked with all kinds of artists. You two, I mean, in your, I guess, in your uh, scene, definitely. Uh, do you ever? Um, you nervous at any point, like working with these people because they have such big names. You're like, shit, if I fuck up or uh, starting out, yeah, absolutely, because you're you're still a green thumb, and you know when you and when you get or greenhorn, yeah, uh, and when you got, you just don't know what to expect, and then if you don't have that experience under your belt, um, and you're led to a crossroads, you just don't know how to address it properly, and so with time and mistakes that you learn from and the experience that you you gather from all of that. Uh, that tends to go away because at the end of the day, it's just a matter of respect and, and doing business and doing business right. Yeah. Uh, and establishing um, strong relationships around that. But the thing about promo- promotion that um, I've noticed, and I mean, I've done some, not not on, on your level at all, but um, it's not, there's not really a book for it you can read. It's kind of like learn as you go kind of thing. For sure, because again, like yeah. you said, you don't know what to expect. You know, you have to, you have to be, you have to know everything that's happening around you. You, you got to earn your stripes, exactly. Man. In exactly. some way or another, you you're going to jump earn in them. there and then think you know because yeah. something's going to throw you. Something's going to come out of left field, and you have to be able to handle that. Yeah, I think you really, you know, if if people are listening and they want to f- try to jump in, I think it's just, it's about finding someone that can mentor you. And you know, I definitely had a mentor. Yes. Who and was it? His name was Lance Cashin, and he he ran a, you know, our crew was Slow Motion Music, and, you know, you asked about ever getting starstruck, and I definitely, you know, through that crew met, you know, at the time, people in our sort of, you know, at the time was like progressive house music, mm-hmm. all the big names, and we would bring them in and work with them, and I think that was really where, like, I cut my teeth, and at, at that point, after that, I don't think I've ever really been starstruck. Star Trek. I remember one... Uh, one time with, with Mel at uh, texture nightclub, uh, having Z trip play. And I think that was, a, I was a little nervous for that. And we had brought in extra sound equipment 
and he was kind of like testing the sound and then he was like oh, i don't think this quite sounds right and this was all my sound equipment that he was he was dealing with and i thought i knew it really well and he went in there and just dialed it and pretty much showed me up in front of everybody who had that Breda kid don't know shit. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and my business partner, too, is kind of looking at me like, dang, he knows what's going on. So I, I think, and to your point, and to Cole's point, is just that's that's really, I think, you get the opportunity to see people's professionalism and their, yeah, that's true. And their ability. And more than anything, that was just something to shoot for and strive for and mm-hmm. to be that good at anything or any one thing is really, you know, really inspiring. So, I, you know, I would say go find a mentor, go find, go hunt down the scene that really makes you excited and good jump in and find, you know, try to help that person that's, that's leading the way. Definitely. A lot of that where I started, I mean, passing out flyers, hitting it out, Gorilla Marty, talking to people on the street. However, and that was to get my foot in the door totally. to, yeah, to do whatever it took. It's, yeah. uh, those odd jobs were, were led to, to my position now, but now looking back on it, I'm so fortunate that I did do that because I like having that perspective and knowing the necessary steps and the things that it takes to to have a successful event because all of those add up at the end of the day and they're so important. Because yeah, I remember um, in the mid two thousand, there was this. Everybody was trying to get on get in on that. There was whatever entertainment popping up left and right, and only the best survived because some of them had one offs and then maybe another one and then didn't work out because. You know, either they're not professional, they're not dedicated to what they were doing, you know, and, uh, you know, they just fucking yeah. disappeared over, oh, yeah. over time. And it, it doesn't take much, especially in a city like Austin, when every every weekend is something, there's plenty of stuff to do. There's something for everybody, different scene, different areas, different crowds. And then you're like, oh, well, we're going to, you know, cater to these people trying to do something here. And then... You're not doing it right because you're getting drunk at your own party and then you forget that you have to work the door or you're not really keeping track of who's coming in, who's coming out. Some fight breaks out and then you don't really know what to do. And then people are like, oh, fuck this shit. I'm not coming back. And then it tanks. Yeah. There's a lot of variables to it. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I know. Yeah. But I'm just throwing out examples because I've seen that kind of stuff happen many times. And I'm like, yeah, whatever entertainment is... <laughs> Just yeah. because you had entertainment to your name doesn't mean Definitely. it's 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 that. It's and then and then that same guy will be say they are the CEO of that company. And yeah, they have no, <laughs> no no employees. You, you're not a CEO if you have yeah. no employees. But yeah, it's very funny. So <laughs> careful. I, I actually clown on that a little bit. I call myself the the chief awesomer of gravitas because I always think that like the big titles are are funny and. And uh, so I just wanted to make my own title. <laughs> yeah, you had some horror stories in your early days. Uh, I've I've definitely put out several fires. Uh, what come to my mind? Uh, a lot of the stuff with rain. That we we had a lot of rain problems with proper entertainment. Uh, it seemed like <laughs> rain. Any, yeah. Oh, any time that that Chris would put a show there, it seemed like for about a half a year or so. Every night it would rain. Uh, just an act of God. Um, literally. literally, so how do you handle rain? Uh, yeah. Um, you you don't. You have to take them to the chin sometimes, and that's uh, you got to be able to get up the next day and and get ready to hustle again. And um, you know, again, like you were saying, all those entertainments. There's um, only the strong surviving this week, and that's why you have only really in this town tr- the biggest of players, the transmission C three, which now just bought out by by Live Nation. Oh really? Uh, to that my happened? understanding, uh, the majority stake, from what I understand, I could oh. be mis yeah. 
uh, misspoken here, but um, you know, Score More still has their name out there. Popper Entertainment still has their name out there. Mm-hmm. So you know, th- these are people that have taken the good with the bad and um, and persevered. Yeah, it's 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 our business. Definitely. Well, and also, I mean, to that to the business point, it's an it's a numbers game, and those those companies, some of that stuff's a lot like you're doing loss leaders. You're gonna have a show, <laughs> just to have a show, just so you're booking those artists, so that later you you've got them locked in for ACL or Lollapalooza, and those are where you're actually making your money. You know, stuff like what Scoremore does, and you know, I know Sasha pretty well, and you know, when he was first starting out, we actually talked about this because. At the time, what I saw someone that was doing this was Disco Donnie Presents. Mm-hmm. Uh, they still are, right? Yeah, and so yeah, their their mo- the their business model is really not just being in one market. And I think, in order to be a real promoter, and 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 to make actually make a living doing it, you have to have uh, multiple shows across multiple cities so that you can hedge your bets. You know, you might make mu- money in Houston, you might lose money in Austin, but then you're going to make money in Dallas, and then so two out of three. And you get a break on the price for that artist, yep. mm-hmm. and you build that relationship with that artist. You build that relationship with the agent, and and so I think, you know, it's it's kind of that economies of scale, and and so you know it's it's pretty cool to see that Sasha has pulled that off, and and yeah. in the Texas market and other places, um, and you know he's he's doing really well for himself, and that's that's great because you know he's he's the underdog. You know, C three tried to. To, to buy him out and say, hey, stop doing what you're doing. and Really? I didn't yeah, know that. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know if I'm supposed to talk about that. That's whatever. fine. Who yeah, cares? I, mean, I get an exclusive. <laughs> yeah, exclusive news here. But yeah. no, you know, I mean, that's Thank that's you. that's really cool that, you know, he stuck to his guns and believed in what he was doing. Oh, and, good for and, him. And so, and so, yeah. You know, like Cole said, it's like sometimes it's really hard in Austin because of you see these big power players, but there's always room for the underground. There's always room for a, a party that's just – about the vibe and and not about the money and and so there's you know there's yeah that's that's what Chris was talking about yeah so you know it's like I think trying to get caught up in the game or trying to be the biggest is is just it'll make you crazy it'll make you and it'll make you poor it'll make you sad but if you're just doing it for the love and you're you're really putting your heart into it and you just enjoy mm-hmm. the event you enjoy that night for for what it is and really like Cole said enjoy seeing people get get off on that music and see some some new music and see some new art then. Then that's what else do you need, right? So, what was uh, what was Austin like when you, you guys first got here? You came here and I came here. I moved here in '98 to go to school at the University of Texas for computer science. Dude, I was there. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I lived at the Taos Co-op. I had to get the fuck out. I went switch to business school. <laughs> well, I, I went. To, I did a minor in business as well, which was was kind of wild. But um, so I lived at the Taos Co-op, um, and there were a lot. Wait. Of, yeah. Towers that was on 27th Street yeah. in Guadalupe? Yeah. Dude, I used to... <laughs> you used to go there and party, right? So, yeah. so, so I eventually became the party coordinator of the Towers. You know, the whole co-op scene and parties are just so much fun because it's, it's built into the whole house, you know? Yeah, you don't yeah. need... If nobody comes to your party, you still have your house of a party, so... You know, it's like a frat for weird people. Dude, we used to drive around just with our windows down, trying <laughs> to hear some music. Yeah, that's what, um, <laughs> oh, what's campus? But so when I when I moved here, I quickly found a, a, some other guys that wanted to be in the electronic music scene, and within like six months. But had, wh- what was it about? I mean, you you went from Metallica and all that stuff. So co- how was yeah how did that happened? Yeah. Well, here's a, that's a great story. So I moved to, moved to Austin. Take notes, Cole. Went, take notes. Went to <laughs> went to uh, a, a, a club, which is was you know became Beauty Bar, 
yeah. um, was what was called Velvet or, or Red Room at the time. It went through a couple of different incarnations, but I uh, saw DJ Green Velvet, uh, took some liquid LSD and was just blown away by the whole event. Just really kind of blew my mind. And, and at that time, you know, I had definitely heard electronic music, but I hadn't really experienced it like that. Like what are the big names at the time? I mean, uh, not that I would know, but I'm just... Yeah, I mean, d- people like Kaoki, DJ Dan, like different, you know, um, all sorts of... Sandra Collins, like, I mean, they're really... I mean, you know, a lot of those people... Was that the Global Underground? Yeah, just different. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. You, you're familiar with all these guys? I am. Uh, yeah, and I, I got into it because uh, I ate mushrooms on a 4th of July. And, uh, <laughs> you can print for the day. Yeah, on a 4th of July. Or, and, listen, yeah. and listen to a Paul Oakenfield album. There and, you go. and that's how I learned about Global Underground and the whole uh, that whole progressive. And you fell in love right then and there and you started doing research or you started. Nah, it's just amazing, man. Sometimes I don't want people's words being put in my head. And I just <laughs> want to let the music take me where it takes me. A little bit. And, ah, uh, I like so, that. Yeah. I like uh, that. You know, that it serves its purpose in a major way for me. Uh huh. So, wh- when was this for you? Shit. Early 2000? Uh, yeah, probably 2000, 2001, give or take. Okay. But so, I, I mean the scene the scene was was good, man. I mean and and those first the first raves and all that in Austin were really cool. And there were some really really honestly some amazing shows. Were you were, were you on. all over that? Or you Oh yeah, I mean the- I, I I basically I I how I got started DJing was I was in a car accident. I got some money. I bought some turntables. And then I started renting those turntables to raves and other shows. Took that money, bought sound systems. Mm-hmm. And then from then, I was just always a guy that people would, not always, but a guy that people would call. Hey, we need the turntables. Hey, we need this second room sound. So I always just going to these shows and setting them up and seeing, you know, meeting people like, you know all all these different all these different cats. I got to meet DJ Shadow and he signed some oh, turntables. Shit. He's yeah. one of my favorite. Still yeah. to this day, God, he's awesome. Yeah, yeah. That's so, a, yeah I did the Africa Bambara thing uh, the other night. How was that? Was, oh, dope. Yeah. Oh yeah. So yeah, I mean oh, the, yeah. the music hall being packed out with with three thousand people and and going all night till six in the morning. But what what is the um, uh, when it comes to DJing um, electronic music? Like, do you, do you, did you collect records? Like, how, how does, how does it work? I'm generally asking because I, I, I don't know. Yeah, I mean. Might sound, might sound like a stupid question, but so you're like, okay, this is what I want to do. Uh, I got this tur- t- those, those turntables. How do you teach yourself to DJ electronic music? Just sit in your room and mess with it, man, and, and have somebody show you, show you the ropes. I mean, I definitely, like, I, my career was, you know, a couple of the guys were way ahead of me and just showing me, hey, here's how you beat match and. You know, here's oh, sell same process, beat matching. Yeah, and yeah, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. I mean, I, I started on vinyl for sure. I played vinyl until I think like 2004, or 2005. Were you buying records? Yeah, oh yeah. Alien Records was the spot, yeah. man. I mean, that was, I was in there every week. I mean, you know, Herb and, and then you know DJ Mel at Waterloo, yeah. definitely. You know that guy. I mean, he's a cornerstone of Austin. So. Yeah, he much. Yeah. he's a presidential DJ. Yeah, yeah no doubt. A, yep, he is. Yeah. Shout out, Mel. <laughs> so, um, at the time, did you? Uh, did you have a name? Or yeah, I think my first DJ name was DJ Green. Yeah, which is not a very good name. <laughs> <laughs> it, it really, you know, and and there was a point where I was, was there like, a story behind it, or was it just no? I there was another Jesse in town. I was just gonna be like Jesse, DJ Jesse, or something like that. And then there was another Jesse, so I just went with that. 
Yeah, I didn't. Honestly, I wasn't that proud of it. Never have been, but whatever. You know. Did, we, you, did you guys know each other at the time or no? No. No. Not, we met two thousand four or five, I think. Yeah. I no, no, it must have been two thousand three. Because yeah, certain certain houses that I lived in, where you would come party at. Yes, sir. Wait. So tell that story. Shit. <laughs> uh, we have a mutual friend, Justin Newland. And, oh yeah, and I, met, then, I get, yeah, I know yeah, Justin. Yeah. So and that's a proper, you know, there's a proper connection. Yeah, we're doing right? proper entertainment as well. So yeah. And then yeah, small world. And then that's what I really love that's about Austin. Austin. Yeah, yeah. Everybody know everybody. It's also really well, to do Pete, there's so many people here with the same in, or in common interest. Like it, yeah. if you're going out doing it, it's almost impossible not to to yeah. bump into the same people. Because yeah, that's true. Uh, the movies and shakers there's you know austin's big but it's it's also it's the it's the biggest little city you know that, I, that i've been in and i'm serious because yeah, you're, yeah. you're gonna bump into to everyone um, yeah that's true so did you guys work together at the time already did something proper or no i mean we jesse was still uh at that time you know he was doing a lot of stuff with toddy uh toddy b yeah. and, and spinning doing the slow motion the hypersonic radio i think were you at blastro during that time were you doing yeah i was Doing yeah. that stuff, he, he was doing quite a bit of stuff, and then you know we were, we we're doing the proper entertainment thing, making sure there was good hip hop in town, and um, mm-hmm. um, you know I think we 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 really you know we'd had conversations about it, but we first I guess if you you know honestly started working quote unquote if you will um, together probably at the at the first Gravitas recording sit down yeah um, you know when uh, Jesse or Jesse had this vision and. Uh, like fast forward 2011 yeah yeah, so <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, it was it was a while you know we were, we were just boys we 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 enjoyed music and having a good time but the, the the business and the work didn't come until a long time down the road but i mean um did um when it comes to dance music here in austin like i said i'm only familiar with the hip-hop scene so um like to me the only the, the only thing i noticed was that um at the time when Barcelona started having dubstep nights, I think mm-hmm. it was on Sunday nights. Yeah, like that was my intro to oh shit, there's a chart desk. Yeah, music. I'll, I'll break it down for you. So we were we were in the rave days, two thousand, you know, two thousand, and then nine eleven happened, two thousand one. Yeah, and everything got shut down. There were no more raves. Awesome Music Hall said no more raves. We're done. Oh, that's why they were happening. They were, they were yeah. not like in warehouses. Uh, George and stuff? Bu- George Bush had John Ashcraft was the Attorney General of the United States, and they started using the crack house law to actively shut down and arrest rave promoters by saying, if you knowingly operate a venue and people are doing drugs in that space, you can be arrested for like implicitly allowing that. So oh, wow. everybody ran except for in California. Uh-huh. And that's, that was insomniac. They just kept, kept the raves going. And in Austin, it all went away. It all went back to underground. Mm-hmm. The crews that I were with, with, with semiotic and slow motion started doing either club events or doing, underground renegades which we got from 66 soul which mm-hmm. dj mel and koi west chris beck people like that ran those crews and those were really our our influences for that so then we started doing shows at places like texture nightclub and and having events like that that's where you know i said zetra played um and for a while i think things really really sucked for a long time musically there was no the crowd wasn't into just, it just, or yeah people? you just people didn't want to spend money uh electronic music wasn't popular it had like it had crested it got popular then it kind of went away and there was like emo rock and and indie rock really was the flavor of the day for austin mm-hmm. there was still electronic music happening but it wasn't there were no raves to bring kids into the fold 
you you as an 18 year old kid you go to rave and it would like i said it blew my mind i was like wow this thing is crazy look at the lights look at the the dancers everybody's mm -hmm. you know having fun it's just wild you want to be a part of that but if you don't get a taste of those big shows then you don't get brought in and you go and you go and do was something it, else. Was it happening in Dallas or Houston? Some, or? but not not like really California was just the only place in the US, maybe some in New York that was still doing it. Okay. And so Disco Donnie got got actually got arrested for doing big raves. And I don't know he, I don't think he ever went to jail, but he did some sort of plea bargain or something. And he stopped. So there were no more raves in the southern United States. He eventually came back, like I said, with like the model that I was talking about with Scoremore and started having a promoter in every city. And so he would book these big tours for all these DJs. And then these things started to come back, but it was all in the clubs. Uh -huh. But musically, I think for electronic music, it was still very house music focused and really honestly kind of boring, like boring as shit like underground house music, progressive house, mm -hmm. but it never really went anywhere. And like you're saying, when, when dubstep started to hit the U.S., I think that was a fresh sound that people could get down on. And it was a different BPM. It was a different tempo. It was, a, yeah. it was a broken beat. Yeah, you know? definitely broken. As so, a dancer, it was hard to keep up yeah, with that. Yeah, right? So there was some cool stuff happening. There was some new sounds um, was it, was Austin pretty late already? No, no. Austin was one of the first cities in the U.S. What was to that? Do oh, oh, five. So, yeah. So this was, uh, yeah. you know, Barcelona was was doing dubstep, but before that, it was really at plush with the weight crew, Bobby Gromit, Chris Parsons. Those those yeah. cats were the first ones by far. Man, plush was the mecca of a lot of things. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, plush is. I mean, we're really plush lucky to have that ass. because you yeah. need like ten people to make it a party. They're down for whatever kind of music. They're not going to bust your balls as DJs. I mean, a lot of Austin DJs owe that place a lot of a lot of credit, and oh, myself yeah, included. Definitely. So, so when dubstep really hit, that 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 started pulling more people back into the sound, and then because things kind of got regenerated, um, then then bigger shows started happening. There was some more money to be made. Then more people started doing bigger events, mm -hmm. and then you know, fast forward a couple of years, you have someone like Skrillex that really flipped, you know, at that point, there had already been like some heavy electro, some heavier sounds, like really kind of changing the dynamics of the music. But mm -hmm. I mean, my, well, the way I look at it is Skrillex took that and just flipped it on its head to where it became like metal music for electronic, where people would just be like, what is that? Like a young teenager boy hears that sound. They cannot just, they just want to freak out and get down to it. So, yeah, t t Skrillex is like 25 or something. Yeah, barely. Yeah, I mean, he's, so at the he's time, a young he was like cat. A little, <clears throat> damn. Yeah, so, so that, that's really today. where <laughs> when people got all hooked on the drop, you know, this big bass drop. And then from there, I think we're kind of big raves. And, and So they started coming back. So after Plush, Barcelona. Yeah, Barcelona I mean, has held it down on, in terms of dubstep for, you know, I think they just celebrated six years or, or seven years of... of Cause uh, I mad classy. I remember um, when I think it was Garrett mm -hmm. that really like flipped Barcelona and was like, "I'm going to invest in this badass equipment." Yeah, I remember that yep. he no, had yeah, all those speakers did. on the side of the mm -hmm. DJ booth yep. and then the bit subwoofers along the wall. Yep. Like I'm going to flip this place around. And I'm gonna start bringing DJs. Nobody, <laughs> nobody knows. Yeah, I remember at the time, like Protege was there, like Thursday, Friday, Saturday. And then it started like, okay, and Gary was like, look, I'm gonna, I wanna bring some new stuff here. 
And then that's when he started booking DJs from out of town, yeah. which at the time was kind of unheard of. I mean, for that kind of place. Totally. And so he totally did it right. And then it was like, you know what? Now I'm going to do the Lanai thing. And then with LA and then yep. um, and then Kingdom yep. and so on and so forth. But um, do you think like there was... Um, uh, well, I guess yeah. That's my own question. There was a void to be filled because the 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 crowd had not left. Like yeah, during think, that time, there yeah, was nothing I think people happening. Were just people sick like, of the like sound. I mean, I like uh, and and as someone that was playing that types of music of that house music and that club music, mm -hmm. I was sick of it. But there hadn't there really hadn't been. I mean, I always have loved drum and bass. I've always loved hip hop. Um, but you saw sort of. Uh, that the, the house music sort of ruled in those scenes and to play in the in those clubs that I wanted to play that was sort of what what you could play like if you were trying to play drum and bass at a house night you couldn't do fly. something super niche or, yeah it just uh, didn't work you know and those those, those, those crowds are very divided and to some extent they still are but I think right now musically all the rules are out the window if you can play drum and bass and hip-hop and dubstep and house music all in one set mm -hmm. you're killing it and I think people like, Diplo or Skrillex are, are doing that. And then, it, and you know, if you can hate on them for whatever, this or that, but they, they definitely play a lot of different genres, a lot of different tempos. And that's not that, that easy to do, you know, and to really right. pull it off. So, but was it, um, so once dubstep was here, then you were able to introduce people to other sounds. Totally. So yeah. you had a regular gig somewhere at the time? or Yeah, I mean, I, I've been in between those two worlds for a while. I mean, I'll still play some house music. I'll pull, still play dubstep. You know, I kind of play. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, that was something for me musically that was really exciting. As the technology got better, things like Serato. I mean, when I got Serato, that was like, Oh my God, my life! <laughs> All DJs my, say mean, that every single DJ. I've yeah, it, that. it literally changed my life because I didn't have to p buy records anymore. I could actually practice. <laughs> oh, I want to play a drum and bass set. Let's do that. Oh, I want to play a down tempo set. There's so much music. It just like, it's like the world just opened up, and you could do and be whatever kind of DJ you wanted to be. So that was that was really cool. I started a, a podcast called Raw, and that was the whole point of it was for me to challenge myself to play everything from, you know, reggae to down tempo, to drum and bass, to hip hop, to dubstep, to house, to funk, to soul. And I would challenge myself. It wasn't, I mean, I wanted it to sound good for the people listening, but it was more just like, can I actually pull this off where I can play an hour of different styles of music? You know, and I still have crates of music that are labeled raw, R-A-W. It's just, that means to me, this is something to challenge yourself with, which was cool. And I mean, that's what's that's what's exciting so, about music and being a DJ. Were you, were you keeping up at the time with what was happening with that? I mean, you're already in that kind of music since that Fourth of July. <laughs> and then, and yeah, I, I was on the I was on the fun side. I wasn't I wasn't doing any work in that or performing or anything. I was I was merely uh, I, I just enjoyed it. And then, mm -hmm. but you know, like you're saying, I, I I heard a little bit of that music, and then I went off on my own tangents, and I learned chill out and then i learned what house and deep house and chicago house and chicago trance house. and progressive and you know there's then there's glitch and you know there's you know just with any uh, i think other styles of you know those sub genres um you know that's where my discovery began yeah. and i went down that process and you know i guess more or less that's that's you know again how uh jesse and i became friends and we're part of the gravitas movement and then you know now our age our agency temporal talent and uh is because of some of those 
subgenres and those niches that I, I, I really um, gravitated towards. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed them quite a bit. Yeah, what I like, I mean, um, is that the fact that you're able to experiment with all these different type, types of music and be like, you know what, you know, but you don't really, you don't plan it that way. Yeah, I mean, I just look for opportunities wherever they are, and I mean, that's I think that's definitely. I'm saying, I mean, when you switch to uh, producing, yeah, in what 2009 or something like that. Yeah, I think that's where I really got serious about it. Yeah, and you're like, okay, now I'm wearing another hat. You've already worn 20 of them <laughs> from sound engineer, lighting, and all that other stuff. Uh, and I'm like, okay, now I'm gonna switch to producing. Um, one thing I've been hearing a lot from the different people I've had on the show is that you don't really sit down and think, okay, I'm going to do this kind of track. It's more of a natural, organic way just comes to you. I mean, Nick Knack was talking about, he was watching a movie, and then he hear a melody, and then he'll just run downstairs and turn everything on and start making stuff, and then not leave, and fuck the movie. <laughs> you yeah. never saw the end of that movie. Dude. So, so, Nick Knack is so cool. So, Shout out Nick Knack. <laughs> is it the same, the same kind of process for you? Yeah, I mean, I, I yeah, I think you you just take inspiration for wherever you can. I mean, you sit down and and you know you just yeah you just experiment and play, and then something will catch your ear, and it's just like it's just like drawing or you know cooking. You just kind of follow your instincts, and I think you know you have to work and practice, and like you know producing is really really hard because you're doing the job of what used to be like five or six people. You know, hey, I'm going to do the yeah, drums. True. Hey, yeah. I'm going to do the keys. Hey, I'm going to do the bass. Yeah. Hey, I'm uh-huh. doing some lead. Then you have to kind of conceptualize and, and mix it and create it all as one song. So you're not you're doing songwriting and composition. Mm-hmm. So those are a lot of skills to be able to learn. So, you know, if you're trying to learn out there, man, just whatever, like just focus on one thing at a time, get, you know, kind of practice that stuff. And then eventually, you know, depending, depending on if you put in your time, then something will start to kind of, congeal and and you'll see you'll hear something with inside yourself you know and mm-hmm. every every decision that you make is different than someone else so that's where you kind of get that that uniqueness to you so i mean for me i, I kind of feel this like uh future like i feel like a tribal bass sound that i identify with where it's still kind of um you know kind of club but but definitely still earth earth and like tribal based sounds i really like that i really like so you you start from there and then you build on top of that yeah yeah just yeah definitely (laughs) (laughs) i mean that's some what that's just something stupid no no not at all i mean i think cole's just think laughing at at, at the tribal base or whatever that was was an accurate description of it all and the the creative process behind it yeah you never know tribal you never know what's going to come out but i think yeah i mean you just you know, and you're going to be, I mean, like Knickknack, I always definitely hear his melodies and he, he'll sample from movies or things that he hears. And I think that, that, uh, you know, I've listened to enough of his music. I actually remixed one of his tunes too. So I spent some time with that one and, and, uh, you know, just, you got to kind of find your own method. Some people, you know, start from scratch and make their own sound. Some people sample a, a, a loop and then they kind of build off that. So why did the switch happen in the first place? Just again, just growth. Like I love to challenge myself to learn new things and do new things because that's just to me that's what life is all about. And just see what you can do, see what you can learn. And and I think everything 
that I try, I, I learn from it. And I don't, I really don't try to be a master at any one thing. I think um, I love and respect people that do that because I'm always just at awe of like, wow, that guy is really good at scratching. Yeah. I'm not good at scratching at all, but you, you know, I'm pretty good at picking things up pretty quickly, figuring out most of it. And then by that time, you know, I don't say I have ADD, but I'm ready to try and learn something else. So mm-hmm. producing was a natural thing. I wanted to understand that, that world. And, and, uh, also, just again, the technology finally got to where it was just doable. You know, Ableton, yeah, Ableton Live and these other programs like got where you didn't have to spend like three hours just setting the damn thing up. You could just sit at your computer, turn it on, and fucking play something and make a beat. And it was not; mm-hmm. it didn't make you want to commit suicide. <laughs> I had a I had a Windows machine that ran Logic, and they they actually. Later down the road, quit. Apple said, okay, we're not even going to make logic for Windows anymore. So if you know your history, you know that when that was. I would spend like an hour just getting it to play the keyboard. Like, I just want to play a note. Bing. That's mm-hmm. all I wanted. And I would spend an hour trying to get that thing to do that. And it was just, I want to throw this <laughs> fucking computer out the fucking window, you know? Motherfucker. So I would, I would play with uh, Acid. Do you, you ever know the wave looping stuff they ever had? Yeah, I took Acid. a lot of that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I mean, there were there. Yeah. Fruity Loops was a good one. You Fruity, hear a lot of yeah. guys Cakewalk. that say I started with Fruity Loops because was one of them too? it made it easy. They, playing with yeah, that. yeah. I like that name, yeah. you know, uh, Cakewalk and uh, Cubase and, oh, and yes, Logic. I remember that too. Yeah, but they fucked around with that. I was a producer back but then. But a lot, of, a lot of those ones weren't. <laughs> they weren't. They weren't made to. They weren't made to make a lot electronic music. Fruity Loops was one of the first ones, and I think Ableton evolved that idea of like. Let's make it easy. There were boxes. They're like the 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 Roland uh, MC three hundred three, like the groove boxes, where you would just like you could make it loop a beat, and then you could make it play a little keyboard riff, and you had some knobs, and you could make some sounds. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was all in one little box. Those were some of the first things that that a lot of my homies were like, "Look, dude, I wrote this beat," and you're like, "That's horrible," but <laughs> but it was a thing. You know, yeah. it was a complete sound of. A song, you know, all the parts are there. It just sounded horrible. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, um, is at at this point, I mean, with the growth of all, I mean, DJs becoming producers and all that. I mean, is there like a is there a dance? I don't know how to qualify it anymore. Electronic dance music does that pretty much encapsulate all of them? Yeah, well, much? I, I, how, how do you I call think it? to just speak to that idea is that people got, you know, I don't think I don't I don't think kids right now totally get the the telling a story as a DJ or the technical ability of picking out uh, tunes to really make an arc and an adventure of like what, you know, someone like DJ Shadow or, mm-hmm. or Cut Chemist could like weave all these different sounds together. That's not as interesting to people as uh, the fact that so-and-so wrote that one hit song. It has been popularized to the point where we're, we're talking about a mass scale of you know, someone like Skrillex or Diplo. Yeah. People are just there because they know that dude made that song. Uh, you know, Avicii, those kinds of things. So in that way, it's kind of sad. But I do think it's 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 important that the songwriters are getting credit because the days of the DJs playing these like five-hour sets, no one even knew who actually made those tunes they were listening to. They just kind of credited the DJ for that. Yeah. So I think it's cool that it's flipped in that way. But it's it's not cool that people don't have the attention span to actually hear a set that that tells or you know kind of takes you on a 
uh, Sonic journey. journey. You know, yeah, now it's man. just like drop, 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 yeah. drop. You know, it's like, it, go, mm. it goes. Uh, do, 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 yeah, do, yeah. Do, do, that, but but I but I I, I, I think we're gonna see the the sort of that burnout really quick. Just because because we're, yeah, we're talking about pony. that today. Is yeah. just you know, are we at the cusp of uh, of you know with a, a bubble bursting like that? You yeah. know, it, the there was a resurgence with uh, um, you know the dubstep bringing everything back. You know, there was a you know there's. You know, for a better uh, or, or worse imagery to put it, you know, there might be a drop after this this run up here. So, uh, uh, yeah, it's like a wave, you know, and, yeah, that, and that happens with scenes and it happens with sounds and and it's natural for it to kind of come see, down. I, actually, well, let's just jump ahead. I, I was going to say that for last, but uh, I think we're talking about it now. So let's just get it out the way. I mean, for anybody who does who's not familiar with this kind of music, that's what they know, because that's that's what's. That's a, those are the biggest names, and those are the songs you hear. Yeah. And then there's and then SNL will do a skit on it, and you know, and it's like okay, you you got a show, you go to ACL, and then Diplo's up there, and then it goes up, and then it drops, and then two minutes later it does it again, and and then you 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 hear all these names like Glitch Hop and House and Chicago House and what's another one? I don't even know. Down Tempo, whatever. Right, drum and bass. And, yeah, yeah, drum and bass, stuff. and you're like. Okay, all I know is that thing goes up and it drops and it goes <laughs> up and it drops. What the fuck is all these all the words you're coming up right. with? And and so it's very confusing for, for someone on the outside. Sure, sure. Yeah. sure. And if yeah. you want to get into it, it's almost like you have to make an extra effort to be like, okay, I'm I'm gonna try to really get it, but it's like ah, uh, there's there's barely any vocals, and I'm used to vocals. Cause I listen to hip hop, sure. I listen to yeah. rock. You know, and and then it feels like it's too much at once. You see, you see, what, you see what I'm saying? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I, so for for someone who doesn't know, yeah, like how would you introduce that? Like, what would you what would you tell them? Like, if you look, if you want to get into my world, this is the gate, and you talk to that guy, you listen to this guy, and then over time you'll get it. Huh. That's a good question. Right now, I don't know how yeah. to answer that. Um, like like how how did you get into I mean you get into it on, on right, the, right, that right. night but so, I mean so we you're know, a hip hop head Fourth like of me. July, um, <laughs> you know again and it, and it all goes back to with me, um, the music discovery process for me is something that I, I thoroughly enjoy. I I actively seek and will and go and listen to different styles just because I just want to hear that difference or what different people are doing. Yeah. So for me, I'll I'll seek it out. Um, you know, you start with the basic progressive trance stuff that I started about. Well, then I learned that, well, sometimes that's too much beats. And sometimes, you know, with any music, there's a, a time and a place for everything. So, you know, if I'm at, at the house and if I'm burning one, if I want to chill, I don't want to listen to all the fucking drops at all the time. I want to be able to get my head in a good place. So I might throw on some chill out, some Bonobo mm. or, you know, some other uh, a slower tempo. It, it, it's all about the BPM as far as that, which for me will put me in a in a, in a mindset. Mm-hmm. Um so you know, great outlets of of SoundCloud and and blogs and and just being out at different shows and people turning me on to it. Um, it's taken years, and you're right. You do have to go out of your way, and it is extra work. But uh, when you get, as you get older, you don't have the time. Yeah. To well, I think the other thing is uh, electronic music is not going away, but it's also going to be less of a focus that it's electronic. It's just going back to that it's music, and so. There are these all these subgenres, and a lot of times they're just pulling on 
like what Cole said, I think is really important. The level of energy and intensity and, uh, and, and, and like, uh, how full the sound is like, what do you want? What, what's, what, what are you looking what do you, for? Yeah. To get what's, out of the And music. what's your reference point? Like, I really like dub stuff. So like dub influenced electronic music is really cool for me where it's got this reggae vibe to it, mm-hmm. but it's, but it's being made electronically or, you know, like drum and bass. I, that's pretty, uh, that's a pretty electronic thing, but like house music will reference, you know, Caribbean sounds and, and you, and you know some of it sounds more industrial so it's <clears throat> it's really this palette it's really this whole like just open canvas of what's possible now and people are using computers to make it but it's it's becoming less and less electronic and then just more back to music music yeah and so that's where i think we had this time where the 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 technology caught up and now people are mastering it and they're becoming masters of their own sounds someone like bonobo that that Cole started with, he makes all of his music in his studio by himself through samples and other, you know, other programs. But then when he goes out on the road, he plays with a full band and yeah. they're reverse, reverse engineering the music so that they can play the bass line Thank with you. a live bass. And that's amazing. Thank He's you. He's a true composer. He's a true musician. And that's why he is someone that will, people will talk about again and again, because it's, it has nothing to do with electronic music and everything to do with just music. good music that that mu- moves you in your in your heart. Which is why all three of us are in this room talking about this because that's what matters and that's what gets people off. And so, you know, I'm less about the fact that it's electronic and just that it gives the electronic part of it gives people access to writing and doing some amazing things. When I was in a band, I had to get four people together in a room, set up some drums, set up this bass, plug it in, have a space, all this stuff. Now I can sit in my room with my headphones and and create all that. It's honestly it's not as much fun sometimes, but I have access to do that. And if I really am moved to create something, you can. Mm-hmm. And then you see people's real talent and creativity actually happen within that context. That's when it gets really cool. And so that again, it's less about the electronic music. It's less about the party and the big drops, and more about that. But we have this whole world of of sounds. But now. You, but you see how that's what it's got. Mar- it's marketed that way. Mm-hmm. I know. I, I, I know. It, I mean, I, I was. I t- I'll give you an example. I, uh, Welcome ACL. to America. I mean, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna rape and pillage and perverse I mean, every little thing that you can. That's cool. I mean, it just get ready. <laughs> it happened to hip hop, dude. Yeah, yeah, I know. You dude, got dude. you got you had your time. So I know. You got, you got you know. I know we're like, off now. Yeah. I think uh, you got you guys are winning this one. You guys are on top now. I mean, I went to ACL. I saw um, Major Laser. So Diplo and the other guy. And I'm like, I like Diplo. I've heard him before. I, I can't say I'm a true fan, but the part that I like the I like about Major Lazer is because they do some Jamaica and there's some dancehall in it. Yeah. And I love dancehall. Totally. So I'm in there. I'm in. I'm. I'm chilling in the, in the back, but the back became the middle because everybody's <laughs> tucked up behind me. Yeah. <laughs> and and then it was nothing but like. Go up and drop, and when the beat drops, I want y'all to jump and jump and jump, and I'm like, like yeah, but that there's there's so much more. That again, I think it. I think well, it, it's yeah, but it's, it is a festival. It's a context. Yeah, exactly. it's a festival. I get like, it. I guarantee you, Diplo could play a set. I've heard him. 
that would be like whoa i had yes. you know and they they you know diplo and skrillex went to burning man and they played stuff that i that, saw that out there that, that, that people were into and were yeah. and then and that's like that's Burning Man's like the the testing ground for what's. Did you play at Burning Man? I have. I didn't go this year though. But but I mean, it's it's if you're talking about counterculture and what's coming up and what's fresh, like those are that's for me one of the places where people are just gonna go and try it all out. And so mm-hmm. you know he he's definitely capable of that. I think in the context of when you're playing a festival, especially like somewhere like ACL with. Bunch of teenagers. 80, well, it's like eighty. It's like eighty thousand people. You're. It's like a wedding. You've got mm. five year olds and eighty year old women. Like everything in between. <laughs> and like you just kind of got to go for the the lowest common denominator. You don't have to, but I think that that he's smart enough to know, and that's how he got there. That yeah, that and he got paid a lot like of that. money to do it. It's great, yeah. good for him. But I mean, like my introduction was, I was list. I was listening to. I mean, I knew. I, I saw Jamon play years ago at a spot that was on the corner of Six and Red River. Cool. Cool. I forgot the name of the not not the old emos, but Who's right this? on the corner, Jamon, 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 Jamon. Yeah. yeah, he was part of slow motion music. Oh, word. Um, Six and Red River, right on that corner. It's a restaurant now or something. Uh, okay, okay. Uh, anyway, and and that guy, I was like, ah, oh, this is this is interesting because it was, it wasn't as repetitive as I expected, and I could actually dance to it. To yeah. me, if I if my body, I don't I don't want to force my body to dance. Sure. It, ju- it just moves on its own. If it doesn't react, then too bad. I gotta go. Yep. But um and then my friend um uh Aaron Blendy for Jacks. Nice. You mm-hmm. know, I I met her when she first got here and then I I met Jonine that way and I just uh I was like, "Oh, this is not what I it's not that repetitive like Yeah, they've got they've got some soul like some heart Exactly. Yeah, and I could relate to totally. to most of it. I was yeah. like, "Oh, they just, you know, spin this with some hip hop. Oh, they just do some reggae in it. I'm like, okay, yeah, that would get me in. Yeah, and they're re- but it's it, referencing R and B exactly. And but if I hear, yeah, no, sorry, yeah, yeah, the straight, much. the straight techno. They're, you the know, they're, up. Yeah, is yeah. that what it's called? <laughs> uh, well, I mean, I think techno is gonna have like that sound where it's there's almost no melodic like content. There's no harmony. It's really just the driving beat, uh-huh. and so. There's a time and a place for that, and really late, and you know, depending on your state of mind, what you have in what, you, right? Yeah, yeah. on your energy and what you're wanting out of the music. If you boil it down to the the common denominator, oh, it's like, what are you trying to get out of it? What's your state of mind? What's you know your surroundings? And there's going to be music and a genre for all of those mm-hmm. across the board. Yeah. No, but then then I heard uh, I listen to We Funk Radio a lot. Sure. Yeah. Two DJs. I don't know if you guys know, but definitely uh, two DJs out of Montreal. They play nothing but break beats. Uh, underground hip hop and funk and soul, Sweet. and uh, also I hear this uh, this beat and I'm like, who the fuck is this? Fucking grammatic. Oh yeah. And I'm like, I gotta look, I gotta look up this cat. I got, I gotta look it up because uh, I'm always. The, my my thing is, um, even back in France, when I the thing that would catch me first before the words was the music. Cause I didn't know what the fuck they were saying. Yeah, I'm, so, I'm the, yeah, I'm the, I'm the first or the same. I yeah. should say music first, lyrics second. Yeah, for me. I mean, if if when I heard a Wu Tang joint or heard a Mob Deep joint, and if the beat was just like, oh, this is good, then I can just try to memorize the words, definitely whatever they're saying. But the music had to come first. Yeah, and then I hear this track by Grammatic. I think it was the the Boardwalk something, and then uh, I'm like, wow, there's actually. The music itself is so intricate. 
because he's pulling things left and right. It goes up, it goes down. The melody changes. It's almost like he's making. You listen to the song as he's making it, kind of thing. Yeah. And I'm like, this is dope. I gotta look. I gotta look that cat up. Totally. And then I, uh, he gave away his entire discography for free. Yep. Yep. And I got it all. <laughs> so I actually have a really cool story about that. So, um, I interviewed. Uh, his name is Dennis. Dennis, and, yeah. And I, and I met him. Um, and uh, you know, I reached out to his publicist, and he was playing in Austin. I said, hey, I'd like to. Um, talked to Dennis and interview him. And so we talked. So I had a friend who was on this label that I worked with and it was called cold busted. And that's actually where Dennis was. That was his label for a long time. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and that guy apparently never put any effort into pushing any of the music. He just would put it on Beatport, and, and, you know, it'd sell pretty well. And so at the time, like Beatport barely had a chill out section. Like there was really nothing on there. And, and grammatics tracks were always like, five or ten of them were all in the top ten and <laughs> he's so, just cranking him out yeah so this guy right. was like making a lot of m- money off of dennis and dennis was like you know you, this isn't right like you're you know you're not you didn't put any effort into this you just kind of got lucky uh so eventually they had a really big split and dennis said look uh i'm just gonna put it all out for free if you want to keep selling it you can do that and uh so that's what he did and then when he did that, that's how he got picked that's up. He, that's how he blew up. He right? got picked up by Pretty Lights because that's what Pretty Lights does. He just gives all his music away for free. Yep. Yeah. And he's got a very, you know, kind of a similar sound of like referencing hip hop, referencing yeah. soul and blues and funk records it, and sampling the shit isn't out. Isn't there of them. two different things that are there with that? One, they give it away because the sampling and the and the issues that are involved with sampling. Yeah, they're right? all they're, in cleared license. They're, yeah, all in yeah. cleared license. So they, they have to, yeah, right? Yeah, definitely. Um, but, but also that, it's just it's not about that it's so it's hard it's hard like you know squeezing a dollar out of a stone is like it's it's uh it's really hard to sell music now and you're not going to live off of it dennis told right. me he said you know i make more in one show now than i used to make my entire year of selling music even when it was selling well wow you know yeah. so one show one show well, and yeah. this was even before he was like big yeah i mean he said also um that the reason I gave it off for free is that at the time when he first started, he was downloading all kinds of stuff That's too. True. So yeah. get, he was getting stuff for free too. Yeah, so he just blew it. Yeah. So like, I'm give it back. Yeah, what's cool? I mean, I, I've actually released two grammatics tunes on on Gravitas, and he's he's very, he's all of you know. He really is how he says he is. Like I, you yeah. know, a lot of guys they like I'm this, and then they're really not. But he really is believes in the free exchange of of art and information and he's leading it with his art he's giving it away and and it's working really well for him so that album uh Di- digital liberation or, or something like that or that maybe that's grizz but yeah his, one of his albums is is basically like you know fight the power free free music for everybody so love it man i really feel in love with his stuff definitely after, after i heard uh, yeah but i mean what do you what do you attribute the the resurgence is that the word of Electronic music, like over the past, like for the past, what five years? Uh, production quality, the the free access to music. It's a digital society. People are, are hearing it left and right, free and online. Um, um, the is it, is sh- it the more sh- and more things like now? things like SoundCloud, things like yeah. these big these big raves like Electronic Daisy Carnival, where Tomorrowland or you go yeah, you go to these yeah. shows and usually you can't even see the DJ. I mean, the stages and the production and the events, you know, I've done some stage managing for, for Insomniac and ran some stages where they've got, they've got dancers and acrobats and, and a show and fire happening like every five minutes. Like we're on a, like on a, on a, 
on a schedule. Like, okay, this thing's about to go, and then these people are going to come on stage, and this girl is like the nocturnal wonderland girl, and then she's dancing with a tree who's this person on stilts wrapped in. And so it's like, <laughs> you're like, holy oh, shit. Like the, the, like the music is just one component to these events where no other shows can keep up with that. I mean, you're looking at what Kanye is doing now with his show or t- Justin Timberlake with his show. Those are things that I think are happening in response to these types of shows. They, you know, I don't know that they necessarily want to have to spend as much money as they're doing every night to put on that spectacle, but the bar is really high. Yeah. And I've got a lot of people that work in this industry and they are, I mean, it, it is insane the amount of what LDs and then the, we're talking about projection mapping stages where, you know, I don't know if you guys know, like Amon, Amon Tobin, where they're like creating three dimensional spaces and mapping these huge, you know, it's art, man. You I know mean, about Crash Alchemy? You've worked. Oh, with absolutely, Crash Sarah. Yeah, yeah, she's amazing. There, I mean that that's that's the stuff. You take all of that, combine it into one experience. It's really hard to compete on. For instance, like hip hop, like that's yeah, yeah, yeah. it's it's not your head. It's, <laughs> that's it's, all we it's, got. It's, it's hard. I mean, and, and, put you your know, hands in the like, air. That's all we fucking got. But 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 uh, you know, I think I think things will come back around. There's absolutely a place for vocalists for the storytelling aspect of it to to again re just reintegrate it's all just music so even though it's kind of like segmented i i really believe that it's all kind of converging at the same time you know you know who i blame or <laughs> obama obama no 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 <laughs> no david Guetta. David Guetta. Yeah. When he started producing for Black Eyed Peas and I love the Black Eyed Peas, the old Black Eyed Peas, bridging the gap behind the front. <laughs> I love that shit. And he came around, he went, eh, 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 yeah. I got a feeling. You find out one note. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that's all he did, the yeah. entire thing. And then Black Eyed Peas blew up. Yeah. And then they really started, I'm, I'll talk about it in terms of mainstream. Sure. Uh, and then they started, like, song after song, it was sounding more, it had that Yeah. No, I agree. Beat. I agree. And that's sad. I mean. I heard "quote unquote" country music the other day for the first time, and I don't know how long. And it was pop and and electronic country. Yep, straight up electronic country. No, that's what the mainstream country. It's it's all in session. It's It's all formula. I mean, it's a straight up formula. I mean, they they've there's books about it. There's a whole like I think there's one chord progression, and there's like sixty five different pop songs that all use the same exact chord progression, and they all have been hits. And it's it's crazy, you know, it's crazy. So. Um, well, I mean, but on on the flip side, and that's that's a great um, segue. You're doing your part. You've been doing your part with Gravitas. Yeah, man. So, so what? So what was the whole idea behind it? Really? Uh, yeah. Long story short, I went no, to I'll keep it long. Okay, okay. I'll give you a long story. <laughs> well, um, a, a friend of mine invited me to this this place called the Landmark Forum, and you know, there's there, there's different people have different views on it, but for me, it was it was really a life changing event. Um, the whole idea is, is them saying, saying, we want to help you live a life you love. And, and part of that is to go out and create, a, a, a thing, a project that involves other people that not only helps you, mm-hmm. but, um, helps them, offers them something. So in that, in that course, as I, as I worked, I came up with this idea of, of Gravitas of, of I've always wanted to have, um, something in my own business, my own company, Mm-hmm. And it seemed like the perfect opportunity to start it. So I started reaching out to everyone in Austin saying, hey, like, you're a local DJ, you're a local DJ. We all kind of have these similar tastes or views or sounds. Why don't we kind of try to 
put a put an umbrella about it. Nothing new about that. At the same time, I had discovered this kid um, in some internet forums, the Glitch Hop forum, who was just amazing. His music was amazing, and and right around that time, I got to open up for Skrillex at the Austin Music Hall, and I was like also a promoter in that show. I played some of his music um, as I opened up the night, and then I posted it back to to the forum to let people hear that that I had done this. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, he was blown away. He's like, I cannot believe you just played my music for like 3000 people. <laughs> and I was like, dude, you're really talented. Like I, when, where can I buy more of your music? And he was like, I don't know how to do that. Like, where would I do that? So I was like, well, why don't we do that? So uh, at the same time we started Gravitas as like a, a local collective in Austin, we started a label put out. So who was the guy? His name is Cryptex. Okay. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, it's it was pretty pretty amazing we worked on that for for like six months to get this record out and uh it's done extremely well like it it's still some of the songs on youtube have three or four million plays um and and it's it's kind of kind of impressive he's about to put out a new album we're actually not working together anymore his his mother um uh, got involved and there was just you know stuff happened things happened yeah, I don't like that but, uh, pretty kid. But uh, but you know he's really he's he's a really talented kid. He's he's amazing. A really talented guy. I don't want to call him a kid. I don't want to sound like that. But cryptic, uh, you say cryptex, c r y p t e x. Cryptoff Jenkins, like. What's <laughs> <laughs> um, and he he was uh, he's also an actor. He was on The Walking Dead, and so I mean this guy's you know he's he's really a really talented, yeah, talented dude. And and uh, so we started we started putting out music and uh it, for me again it was just an amazing learning experience i think i learned more through mm-hmm. that than i've learned through like anything in my life of just what it takes to get something going off the ground branding promoting uh actually having a concept a real idea behind something of like this is what i want this to mean and communicate to the world is is some you know it's powerful because I, I can always go back to the idea of community and sharing and giving people opportunity, and that was really the idea behind it. Of like, let's let's put all our heads together and work together to 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 make this thing happen. Uh-huh. Above and beyond, just like sort of the the ego side of it. Like things really work better when people work together. Man, that, I love, was, I, 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 that was deep. Every show, every show. The guests, some one of the guests will come up do this tirade. And I'm like, I should play that graduation music. Well, that's a presidential music, whatever. Yeah. But yeah, but <laughs> that, that might be more fitting here. Yeah, I like exactly. that better. Yeah. <laughs> no, but but you guys talked before um, you came up with Gravitas. You guys met. Yeah, I mean, I was coming from a different side, and again, uh, like Jesse was was talking about, it was it was a collective. I mean, you had individuals coming from all different walks of of the industry you had your djs you had producers uh there were guys that were doing licensing there were visual artists um all of this to to the piece of the pie and so um you know gravitas uh kind of embodied all of that as 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 one family and we we pushed each other and we helped we wanted to to leverage all that for as much exposure as we could get and and help one another to to grow in their own right so go ahead yeah i think where the way i saw gravitas growing was that it would have all of these different roles in the music industry you could step into and get experience and find work and uh, do the thing that you wanted to do if you wanted to do uh, be a producer then you could put your music out through gravitas if you wanted to be a dj then we could help you 
get bookings. If you wanted to be a visual artist, we would help you connect with people that needed that. If you wanted to do mastering or projection mapping or sound engineering. And what's really cool is all that stuff has really happened. We have people that started mm -hmm. with Gravitas and now they're out there working, doing video for big festivals or they're doing music licensing or they've gone on to work with other big labels and, and, and got their break. And so, you know, I, I kind of look at it as one, like we're, we're going to do what we're going to do and we're going to keep growing, but it's also like a, a proving ground and like a definitely fertile ground for everybody to really connect and like get those connections. Is it, is it, um, I mean, it's not classes like dub Academy. No, kind of thing. no, it's, it's a more organic than that. I mean, I love dub Academy Benzo and everything man. Yeah. he's put so much work into that. Um, you know, I think, I think there's, you know, there's different ways to go about it. You, you know, you kind of pay to be a part of that team on some levels. It is, you know, I know they've gone nonprofit and things like that, but you can't always afford to do a class. And that's always not always the, the right environment for everyone. Mm -hmm. What I found for us is if you're really willing to put in the work, like you're going to see a lot more reward, a lot more quick, quickly, like real world experience versus right. Right, right, right. It's more like an internship where Dub Academy is like a classroom. Yeah, but I, I see the whole community oriented type of type of model, and you're like, okay, you can whatever you're into. Yeah. In the music business, photography, design, yep. production, promotion, whatever, this is the platform for you. Now, you get on or you join the the community. How? Just yeah, it happens organically. I mean, there have definitely been people that have reached out. I have. You know, people have applied to be interns, which when that first happened, it like blew my mind. It was like, I mean, the pool's pretty big in Austin. <laughs> I have, so. a, yeah, I have an intern now. Like now, now we've had like five or six, and it's it's awesome. Now I kind of know how to deal with that. Uh -huh. um, but but yeah, people reach out to us. They're like, hey, here's my demo, or hey, you know, I'd love to help you guys with this. And it's kind of like what we were saying. You just got to cut your teeth and like we're waving a flag. Like hey, yeah, you're you're gonna pay for it one way or another. We're, you're we're, gonna pay for a class, or you. You're gonna gotta learn through hard knocks. Yeah, hard work. yeah, yeah. yeah. And, but I think you know what 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 we say is like, you know, I'll, I'll throw you out there and let you do a DJ set somewhere. And and you know, I mean, it's you got to be at least you know this tall to ride kind of thing. But but it's it's pretty it's pretty open and it's pretty. But pretty free. is it? Um, it's a community, and you, and you make a bunch you make a bunch of resources available to them. Yeah, or it's like yeah. okay, well, I'm a DJ. I just I just got on Gravitas mm -hmm. and I'm looking for someone to do visuals at my show. And then so I'm part of this community so I can holler at someone in that community. Yeah, we, we have an email list, uh, like a Google email list. And then you kind of, you know, I'll, I'll vet people and see if they're real serious and kind of I kind of give them. Uh, usually what I'll do is kind of put something in front of them that they need to do to show that they're serious. Cause what I found is people will talk a lot of talk, yeah. but then when you actually come time to show up or do the work, they're not going to do it. So I'll usually put something like that. That's not super exciting, not super fun and be like, are you actually going to show up and do it when they do kind of, kind of gives me an idea that they're, they're actually into really actually working because the music industry or the music world is incredible amount of work. Yeah. You really want to do something. You really want to, be a professional you you know it's 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 crazy but so. do, do you have to intervene as much at, at this point or is it more like i mean i'm saying you you make the connections a lot i mean there's definitely people like the whole group itself will be like hey this person you know is is doing cool stuff or they they they're looking for this opportunity it's it's still very natural 
Okay. It's still very natural and organic in how it, in how it grows. That's dope. That's dope. Thanks. Yeah. I, did, I mean, at this point, you you still scouting for talents or people? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, there's there's so much good music out there. There's so many talented kids, and there's, I mean, I think the thing that that we hit on too is just that. You know, there's a there's a picture out there on the internet that's like, oh, being a DJ in 1990 or whatever, and it was like listed like three things you had to do. And now it's like to be a DJ now, you got to be like a promoter, and you got to be like a graphic designer, and you got to be a social media marketer, and all these things. So mm-hmm. I'm really trying to create a, a a situation where those some of those needs are met, and you can actually focus on your art, or you can just do the thing that you are really passionate about. You know, some people are really passionate yeah. about writing. We've got this girl Jackie Moon that is helping us. And she's she's, red. she's mm-hmm. all about just like pushing stuff and being social and and spreading the love and the word. And like, she's really good at it. And like, I'm I'm pretty good at it, but I don't really want to do that. So she's doing it. Mm-hmm. She's getting great experience. She's getting introductions to you know new artists and new things for her that. Yeah. Hopefully, we'll carry her into the career path that she wants to do, and yeah, yeah. and also she's getting paid some money to do it. So you know, it's like a real deal. Nice, nice. So, uh, but you said you had some names, some people who got out of there, not necessarily out, but who really made it. Because I mean, you're not just in Austin. You're no, no. We worked out with people literally at this point. I mean, not every continent, but all over the world. And and yeah, that's really something I'm I'm crazy proud of. People from Australia, people from. Europe, pre- people from United Kingdom, Canada, mm-hmm. all over the U.S. Um, you know, and, and through the charity compilations we've done, we definitely work with with world class talent. We just released a compilation called Beat ALS, which is there to support um, and raise money for a friend of ours charity, which is called Every Ninety Minutes. His name is Jay Smith. He runs a company in Austin called Living Instruments. They make uh, controllers that that a lot of electronic music producers use. Mm-hmm. That compilation had bass nectar a guy named bt um you know some really 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 richie hot and some big big name mm-hmm. um so you know we've we've been able to work with people like that um through these charity compilations and raise some actual real money uh, we raised almost five thousand dollars for a, um, a charity called charity water and they they build clean water wells and in places in the world that don't have access to clean water where people are having to walk an hour, three hours a day to get clean water just so they can cook and, and clean themselves. And the change that happens in those people's lives when they get clean water is like, yeah. I mean, we have no concept of what that's like. Don't get me started. Yeah. Okay. So you know, (laughs) I'm from Africa. Right. Right. So there you go. So like for me to even have any, any sort of way or access to, to inspire people through music with that is like, I don't know. That's just why I wake up in the morning. So, you know, there's a lot of different things I do with my day, but that's, that stuff's like, I know I can at least feel good that I tried to to make some changes in the world through that, and that's that's. But and it's and it's awesome too. You've had that that impact and that reach, uh, in really what three years? Yeah, yeah. And and yeah. you know, there's that's that's incredible. That's there's not many right? people that are doing that, and so yeah, thank you. Thanks, and, and and you know, I, I just want to honestly, I give credit to our label manager, Symbionic John Bircham. He's been like he's like this like rock underneath it all that that he just keeps going. It's sometimes it's like damn this is really hard and the money is really hard and it's it's not always that fun. <laughs> but and you know we we have to keep going in order to keep momentum. And some days they're just like ah oh, this is you know not <laughs> this is not going the way I want it to go. But he he is so persistent and 
we make a really good team. So I just want to give him some love. So what up, John? <laughs> <laughs> nice. Well, one thing I want to I want to also uh, this is not a keep throwing flowers at keep throwing flowers at Jesse Day. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that um, the lecture series that you that you did. Um, how old were the kids in the room? Uh, they they were in all college? in college, yeah, anywhere from like eighteen to yeah. twenty something. There were a couple older older gentlemen and women in there. Yeah, I'm, so not, I'm not even familiar with this. Oh, oh, oh this nice. Is, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's so, uh, Mr. Jesse <laughs> James Breda here goes to colleges and speaks with a PowerPoint presentation. <laughs> <laughs> I've done a, I've done this a couple times yeah, so sure. in San Antonio, uh, 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 Incarnate Word, the University of Incarnate Word. Um, and and uh, let me. Let me throw some more flowers okay, before right, we talk. Okay, sorry. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, and the the thing is, that's when you see that, you know, he's really passionate about what he does, and it's not just about, you know, putting music out. There's actually a whole process, a mindset that you got to have if you want to be part of this uh, movement, I would call it. And so talking to kids and going, hey uh, – What's your passion when you wake up in the morning? What do you think about? You know, how do you make the most out of 24 hours? My dad always tells me, if there's one thing everybody's everybody's equal on, we have 24 hours in a day. What matters is what you do with those 24 hours. So um, what are the best ways to make your day efficient? What are your goals? How do you, what do you have to think? Um, what was it? Yeah, all these scientific ass words. Like, hold on, I, I took some notes. <laughs> no, seriously, the, the von Ver, Verstorff effect and the ultra Danium rhythm. I'm like, if I told you that, you'd be like, what the fuck is this? It's a new who's album Vaughn? I'm dropping. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> who's, who's, who's Vaughn dropping a new album on the Gravitas, <laughs> label, on Gravitas label? It could be. Ultra- well, I, so some of that comes from my mom. Uh, she She's a psychologist and she just. And also reading some really cool books and just trying to, like you said, I mean, like I struggle with these same things and there's things that have worked for me. And I just want to share that with people because I know when I was at some of their ages, I was just like, I I had an inkling of what I wanted to do, but I just didn't feel like I had access to it. And now I think more than ever, like all these tools are out there. Like you can get heard on SoundCloud. You can make videos and be on YouTube. You can sell your stuff on Etsy and like that's Mm -hmm. there's access to all of that there's there's less excuses than ever of not trying to do what you really believe in and and so I think that that's I think we're in this weird generation like we were talking about earlier where everyone's on their phone and they're complacent and they're kind of ADD yeah we're living in this like fear of missing out so everybody wants to see what everyone else is doing but it kind of paralyzes people to not actually do anything so I really am like what more than anything, what I think my purpose on this planet is, is like tell people to go and like pursue their passion because when they do, they feel alive and, and yeah, you're going to get kicked in the teeth and feel like my art isn't any good, but, but that, that's the point. Like that makes you feel alive and, and, uh, I don't know. So yeah, I had an opportunity to speak to these kids and, and the guy Joey recorded it. And so now if you want to watch it on YouTube, you yeah. can, and. I have heard really good things about it. That was nice, man. And that that's some good feedback too. That's Thank pretty you. cool. Interesting. Pretty cool. See who you're working with? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Fucking guru. I've over learned here. something everything. <laughs> By the way, I'm not gonna be able to get in the office tomorrow with the many flowers that are gonna be laying around and all that shit. So uh, yeah, thank, thanks for that. <laughs> God, but uh let's this let's go back to you a little bit. So um 
what was the whole Hawaii trip about? Uh, yeah. So, because uh, he's been talking for a minute, no doubt. It's good to listen. I I still learn a lot from Jesse, and you know, again, just before I even get on that Hawaii, say he he's a wealth of inspiration, and uh, I've personally learned so much in uh, the business aspect, and and you know, I'm an example of of gravitas and what it's. Uh, presented for me because you know and I'm sure we'll talk about this here in a little bit but it's presented me an opportunity to to now I'm a I'm a partner and a, yeah. and a talent agent in our own company that's separate so um you know I've found my own passions there and it's and it's provided me that stepping stone so uh so the trip was it, it was part of a proper when they were no expanded? I got uh I got I left here um in August of 2012 my mom passed away in April oh, um, sorry about that so I went through, uh, it was a huge uh, self-exploration and, and healing and discovery process. And um, Chris Proper, he uh, he grew up out there in Hawaii. We actually went out there in 2009 uh, with a couple of buddies. Actually, one of our mutual friends, Justin, that we talked about, yeah. you know, and uh, our other buddy, Julian. So I, I saw it and fell in love with it. And, uh, you know, I went through uh, some some incredible hardships in my life and, um, at that point I knew what Austin had to offer me. I, I was here for so long. I knew, you know, in a month exactly what all my friends were going to be doing. And, you know, I'd, I'd been there, I'd lived that and, uh, you know, I needed to get away and, um, the, the opportunity to just present it itself to, uh, you know, I sat in front of a, a computer for about 45 minutes with a one-way ticket to Hawaii there. And I finally just clicked it. You know, I was never going to be as liquid as I ever was going to be at that time in my life. Mm-hmm. single the career and just going sometimes you you just got to go and take that that leap of faith um and it was one of the best decisions i ever made in my life and i went out there and i, I struggled i uh, helped some friends with a restaurant uh i also uh, interned with the this music company out there called bamp and they are the uh the largest independent hawaiian promoters they do a bunch of great stuff there well what kind of music was it Oh, all across the board. I mean, the other night they had Cascade, and they've they've worked oh. with uh, with everyone. Still Pulse. I mean, you know, oh, the nice. island. Yeah, it's island stuff. It's uh, all across the board. Whatever yeah. whatever sells ticket out in Hawaii, you know, two chains. They had that. You know, they'll they're they're the major players there. So, um, you know, I you just got to heal your heart, man, and you got to uh, if you're if you're lost that. There's no point in, in chasing that in a bottle or smoking too many trees. You you gotta you gotta head it on at some point. Uh, I knew I couldn't do it here. There were too many distractions, mm-hmm. um, and so I had to go. And and you know I spent two years uh, rediscovering oh, yeah, myself right, yeah, and, and and what I did, and I moved back here uh, in July. Actually, there. Yeah, two, and, two I, and I saw and I saw you. Uh, right around the time you came back, actually. Yeah, so it's a, I mean, it's a magical place, man. Being around the water, and I really got really into hiking, and uh, um, you know, spent a lot, a lot of time to myself, and uh, um, you know, and got all my ducks in a row, if you will, and 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 you know, but even before I moved back here to um, to Austin, you know, Jesse and I, have, of course, were were in communication, and then. Um, you know the opportunity arised uh, where where gravitas. You know we we're talking about spinning off. Uh, you know a sister company being a talent agency. We needed right. artists that needed representation. It was the next step uh, as far as a, a whole three hundred and sixty uh, uh, artist uh, chop shop, if you will, being able to do anything and everything for artists. And so mm-hmm. we we began laying that foundation. 
and having these talks before you even came back before here. i even came back yeah oh, nice yeah i mean i mean really the the, the project's probably about a year and a half yeah. uh give or take older I mean, probably when i first started gravitas i saw that as i mean eventually i would like to have management agency label really like what cole's saying the 360 being able to do digital marketing i have another company called Lionshare digital and i build websites and do digital marketing for people and so yeah i mean the Damn, how Cole, many hats do you wear? A lot, a lot of the hats. <laughs> but, 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 but you know, back to Cole of of you know, he really he got that 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 idea, and I think he saw it really clearly of of where his talents could fit in, and and you know, mm-hmm. definitely he took the ball and ran with it, like you know, honestly, like not like anybody I've ever seen. So is there is there anything specific to this industry that'd be different from? Hip hop that you had to kind of learn, no, or I mean, it's uh, pretty uh, much the, the same template I, when it comes to artists. Similar templates, of course. There's going to be some variants, yeah. but you know, with me, I went to school. I got an economics degree. I'm I'm very business minded. I like uh, systems and structures and 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 having workflow, et cetera, et cetera. And mm-hmm. so, uh, I think all of that is applicable to uh, to whatever genre or scene. At, at the end of the day. Uh, where you still have a product, you still have something, you know, as far as we're talking to strictly business and not the art, um, that you, you have to hustle and you have to sell. And so, mm-hmm. um, you know, it, that applies to anything in life. If it's, if I'm selling a cereal box at HEB, I still got to market, I got to brand it. I got to get it on people's shelves. I got to push it. So yeah, Cole's, Cole's really good at that. I mean, he really, he's really able to like talk to people. I don't know when people try to sell me stuff, it's like, I either just stop listening <laughs> or obviously I want it, but he, you know, I, I, I see him on email or I see him on the phone and it's, I don't know. It's, it's cool. It's cool to watch. It's cool to be part of. So, so yeah. temporal talents, sister company of Gravitas. Yeah. So you have artists that already made the transition. Totally. Yeah. Got uh, about a roster of about 15 acts. 15. Yeah. So do you go to Gravitas or is it like, yeah, that's that's directly. how it. No, it wasn't through Gravitas. I mean, it it, it spawned via via Gravitas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, as yeah. an artist, if I if I'm looking for representation, I'm looking for, to get some gigs and everything. They would they wouldn't necessarily have to be a part of the label uh, okay. to be a part of Temporal Talent. The way it's kind of shaken out, the majority of it is is like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's not. You don't exclusively have to be a part of Gravitas to, to yeah, be. Yeah, and, and there's not any. You know, I don't think we're going to book any country acts or do anything like that. But I think for me, yeah. my vision for the label, and we've done this to some extent, and I plan to do more, is to to really play the whole field of of like anything from hip hop to good good bands and and different stuff, so that it's not just so electronic music focused. Um, to some extent, we've kind of gotten in this scene and like we're we've made a name for ourselves in that little world yeah and so a lot of the acts that we are are dealing with with temporal are coming from those connections just naturally but i think we're trying to lay the the framework and the groundwork for having any kind of act and being able to to properly properly represent them i mean that that's that's a harder thing to do it's so hard. than it yeah. is said but yeah. but it but the, it's a, there's a real need out there for for people uh, you know, you talked about Zeely. You know, it's like there's this huge gap between major label artists and independent artists, and there's not that many in between things. And it's kind of going back to like we were talking about the Disco Donnies and the the bigger promoters, the C3s. Is like there's like this there's this like middle ground that's that's really tough. And so I, 
for me, I think that there's a lot of opportunity there mm-hmm. of like either you're super indie and you're all by yourself and you're, or you're kind of starting to be, uh, or you might get picked up by the majors and then they kind of own you. And there's, there's just this weird thing that's just not quite, uh, you know, I think there's a lot of opportunity for smaller, mid, middle tier artists because yeah, of, because of Spotify, because of SoundCloud, because of YouTube, you can yeah, because be, of Austin. <laughs> yeah, because you can be kind of famous, but not famous enough to need all this other stuff. So I, I, I see that as our like our eventual role in the music industry. I don't want to yeah. be I don't want to be a clear channel, but we, we would like to work with people that make enough and, and warrant enough attention mm-hmm. and money to to be able to support everything, but at the same time, or we can take them and help them as best I mean, yeah. to, to move them in that to in move, that right move, direction to, yeah, and be that support team, team and, the, and that system behind them because um, you have to have a team. And you know, my hats off to to the indie artists or the people that that try to do it on their own and wear all of these hats because <laughs> um, there aren't enough of those twenty four hours in the day to to get it done and get it done right. So, mm-hmm. um, so yeah, you, you guys started this just this year, right? Uh, you know, if, you, if you're as, talking about the actual yeah. LLC filed paperwork and uh, all that stuff, I think that was done in March. Okay. Yeah. And see how many you got on your roster at this point? About 15. About 15? Yeah. Yeah. So it's all talents. It could be DJs. Well, it, I mean, if you look at our, our quote unquote mission statement, we'll, um, you know, we represent emerging electronic artists uh, and producers and dancers and, and anyone, you know, that's um, on the come up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, right. Right now, it's producers and and producers that that perform live. Um, we've talked about visual artists. So there's a in in the type of of music that a lot of these guys make. There's there's independent festivals all over the country mm-hmm. that book these guys. And at the same time, they'll usually have a visual artists painting live around the festival. So right. we've been talking about, hey, like these guys are really talented. Some of them are as well known and they get billed on the flyer and the festival as well as like, you know, so-and-so is, yeah, they, they license merch. Yeah. You know, are going, yeah, yeah, going yeah, to yeah, be yeah. painting and, it, yeah. and they're, they're a selling point. People want to go see these people paint, um, and create. And so, you know, we think that's cool. That's something we want to, we want to touch as well. Yeah. I definitely like the, the branching out. Then again, because I'm not really in that scene. And if you tell me that, Hey, this is not just electronic. We're trying to bring everybody in the fold because, there's so much talent out there. People who don't know the ropes, who don't know how to, you know, get this stuff out there, or they do, but they need that extra push. Um, I think it's definitely good. Good uh, music's good, good music, man. Yeah. I'll, you know, if there's good music is subjective. <laughs> it's very it, subjective. It I know that, that that's your thing for gravitas. Yeah. Good music, good people. I forgot what it was. <laughs> I, had, I had I wrote that down too. I doing thought. good with good music. Doing good doing with good, good music, yeah. but good music. <laughs> who who qualifies that? Like what? What? What's your no, you're right. It is very subjective. Yes. Um, you know, there's someone, someone, someone will say, yeah. "Hey, that all that Gavin Harris and Chesto, that's shit music." Yeah, sure. That's a good point. I, I, I don't know. I mean, I think for me, it's just you know, it, you can kind of feel it, and it, it mm-hmm. you can see it. Like we, especially on things like Facebook and other things, you can see the activity. You can see that people respond to it versus stuff. Especially when I run the label. I mean, I know within a day or two after putting something out, how people are feeling about it. And it's cool. It's Sometimes it's also sad, but it's cool, <laughs> you know? Wait, do you, you, ever, you ever had a, someone who had, like, like the, the the passion was there? Like, you could feel the passion and be like, no, this is just shitty. Yeah. Even though they were, like, they put everything in it, you know, 
They yeah. really worked their asses off. I mean, the, pro- the end product was like, eh. I mean, when we first started, you know, I was always like, I'm going to listen to every demo and I'm going to give everybody like five minutes and give them an email back and at least give them like one or two ideas. And I still do a lot of that. And it's, it's really hard. But yeah, I mean, it's, it takes a lot, man. I mean, there's, there, it's, it's, you know, some people just have that talent and then they apply themselves and it comes out very easily. Some people work for 10 or 20 years and then one day it like comes out. I mean, there's crazy stories about, you know, people like Mozart, a lot of people that didn't actually really even hit their creative peaks until they were 40 or 50 years old. Mm-hmm. Some people hit it when they're 20, but Some people know, hit it when they're five. It's really hard, you know, and, you know, like again, back, that, back to that talk I t- t- talked about, it, like that 10,000 hours of, of to really master one thing, like, you know, playing the guitar, it says to be like, you got to practice that much. Not only that, but also really do like think about it while you are practicing like really put in the work to to uh to get actively better not just sitting around strumming so yeah and know. then and you have to use that time efficiently also yeah exactly so uh let's go back to gravitas real quick i saw the thing um i think you called it damn it i thought i had it written down well, hey, cool to you for for doing the homework. I think that's really that's really cool. Oh man, I, I take this shit seriously. <laughs> I love it. I take this shit seriously. It was something to the effect of, "Oh, pay what you want." Yes. What is that? What is that? What does that mean? Yeah. So when we hit on the pretty lights and grammatic thing, like it's it's really cool. It's the psychology of asking, and there's again a kind of a, a book that I read of 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 when you ask people to participate, mm-hmm. you'll be amazed at what you get back because it's a whole different idea. Like if you tell me I got to pay $10 to come in this club, I don't never heard this act mm-hmm. and I'm with 10 people. We're probably going to bounce, but I want to say, Hey, you can come in, just tip the door. You, you'll be surprised what happens. So like a lot of the shows we do, we'll say, Hey, uh, you know, pay what you want donations at the door and they'll come in. Some people will throw a 20. Some people will pay nothing. What I found, usually it actually evens out or sometimes we come out ahead with these lesser known artists and as a music label mm-hmm. where really our goal above making money, like I make money by building websites and helping other people with, with their you know, web needs. That's how I live. That's how I make my living. Um, the, the, you know, we've done licensing deals with Gravitas and made money in some cool ways and it's paid off, but Really, our focus is to help artists get exposure and get, get, get acknowledged and help put their art out. So by saying, hey, pay what you want, mm-hmm. we're able to get music into the hands of more people because what? There's already illegal downloading. There's already Spotify. There's already SoundCloud. There's stuff's everywhere. Mm-hmm. And, if, and I had a really cool conversation with Edit from the Glitch Mob who, you know, he was just like, you got to offer something a little more like you're going to offer like, you know, artists will now say like, buy my shirt and my record. And then you get a free download of the album. Like that's saying like, if you're a fan of mine, then I'll give you these things along with the album. You kind of make a package. Mm -hmm. So we're kind of riffing off those ideas of saying like, look, try it out. If you don't want, if you want to put zero and download it for free and you love it, you're going to get some goodwill. The next time that person comes back and they were like, Dude, Gravitas puts out some good music. It's quality. Yeah. The music has to be quality. It has to be good. Right. But it. But after that, they come back. You're probably gonna get a five 
you know, or a 10. And, and I see that happen all the time. And I see... Do you, you enforce know, it? Or is it just like that? No, no. It's no, all... The, the dude, entire library. Pretty is. much the entire library minus one or two releases that we've done for charity where we made the agreements with all of the artists that we're going to sell this thing for this much. Just that was the deal and it's on contracts and there's no way I could... I don't want to give it away because it would just break all that. But yeah, all of our releases that we've done as just, you know, labeled artists are free to download, get it what you want. And if you want to put in a couple bucks, then do it. I mean, everybody knows it costs money to do this stuff. Some people think it costs 50 bucks. Some people know that it costs, you know, anywhere from 500 to a thousand dollars. But, you know, either way, what's important to me is that they get something out of the music. And then I just kind of count on it coming back around. And, and I, I find it does. I really, I really do. So it's, it's cool. And it's all about that, like psychology of asking and saying like, do you want to participate? Do you want to contribute? And and putting a question like that rather than demanding it, hey, give me five dollars up front before you even even heard the tune. Like, I just think it works better for the for the for the independent artist that's maybe undiscovered. If you're Taylor Swift, you probably don't need to do that. If you're Beyonce, you don't have to do that. But you know, she she did some cool stuff with her last album. You know, I thought once she released in the middle of the night. Yeah, and and not only that, <laughs> but you, you you had to buy. Yeah, right, right. She she's she's taking it on in another way. She's using her power in a smart way to say, look, like, uh, I know you just want the single. I know that we that iTunes rules the world, and you're just gonna buy this one, you know, surfboard track. But let's try it in another way. Let's get back to the idea of having an album of 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 experience, seeing an hour of music. And she did it visually and put all, that was all her own money. And she she didn't even promote it, which is really cool because yeah. it's like she took all the money that she could have done on marketing and instead made art with it. And look what it did. And I was like, wow, that's really, really cool. So um, so, I mean, they we're just trying to play with the mechanics of music downloading and the technology and the fact that if people want it for free, they can get it for free. So we might as well just quit fighting over it. And if it's good it'll 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 play out law of averages it'll come back around <laughs> man for sure yeah wow should play that music again <laughs> <laughs> cool cool um yeah, he's better spoken than i am he's, he's touching a lot more on some of these topics yeah he's the can. passionate one you're the business guy <laughs> 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 no but uh yeah it's been a 145 <laughs> no shit yeah it goes by fast man that was really yeah. fast yeah it does when you got stuff to say again uh it's my job to make you guys talk so yeah i, I hope well, you're, I, good, you're good at it man thank you yeah um anything else you want to throw out we're gonna get into plugs and shout outs in a minute no doubt but anything about temporal talent you want to you know it's uh you know where we stand we're we're doing a lot of bookings for festivals so um I, I, if you get out to any festivals and you know, ask ask if you know anyone there. Tell them to holler at me. Trying to book some <laughs> artists. <laughs> you, are you uh, are you already looking at Sabai right now? Yeah, we're actively booking for the the spring and summer festivals. So all that stuff's being planned right now. Nice. Um, any any exclusive yet? You can. Are doing South by? Uh, nothing with South by. I mean, we just got one of our artists is out of uh, Hungary. Hungary. Yeah. Hungary. Hungary. <laughs> I'm hungry. Um, <laughs> Uh, they mean he's. We just got him on a, a festival called Envisions down in Costa Rica, uh, into February, oh, wow. March. It's it's really really dope. Um, you know, very conscious about yoga, art, the music, uh, the whole nine. So, 
Uh, we're pretty pumped about that. I'm hopefully going to try to get down there uh, for that. I was trying to plan to see with Jesse and yeah. getting down there. I think we need to make a uh, company nice. trip. Yeah, I got. I actually got married in Costa Rica. I mean, I think the one the one thing yeah we want to hit with Temporal is we we did just have a big success. We had a girl uh, from France. Her name is Closey. Yeah. And she's amazing. She's crazy talented. And she had never been to the U.S. And a lot of people, when they first start to tour, they're going to play these rinky-dink clubs. Shows. And yeah, they're yeah. going to get paid like 100 bucks or 200 bucks. Mm-hmm. And we were able to bring her over and really have a full-blown U.S. tour. 23 cities. Yeah, proper, you know, a proper ad mat where you've got a look for... The show has a look. Every show is going to look the same. And, and, you know, advancing that and booking that and contracting it with... 23 dates for a person that had never been to the U.S. So for us to be able to do that within the first year with someone that... Hand, you know, hands down the largest tour and project I've, I've worked on in yeah, my life. So, you know, and, and yeah, so, you know, yeah, Cole worked his ass off on that. And, uh, and we so all did. We, we all you did. know, we think we, we do see a lot of potential. And, and you know, um, I think right now, like what we've been talking about, the, the, the scene, the electronic music scene is maybe kind of the bubble is coming down a little bit. So, you know, mm-hmm. we're, we're definitely looking at that going, you know, how do we, how do we take that potential problem and, and turn it into opportunity? I do know that, that it always kind of goes in waves. So you just can ride the waves and go with it. Yeah. That, that, that drop thing has to go at some point. <laughs> it's fucking annoying. <laughs> <laughs> it really is. I'd see that, that. And like I was saying earlier, it's really, to me, it's about the music. It's about how, how intricate what's the story behind it but if it's just a repetitive pattern yeah over and over and then every time it drop it drops i have to jump yeah sorry <laughs> i can't i can't yeah i'm I, with you man I i'm can't. with you hey. I'm a, i like to dance my body moves on its own and it, <laughs> I, I can't just go jump and it goes oh shit <laughs> all right uh yeah it's been uh we've been talking for a while let's get into Plugs, shout outs, uh, where can people find you? The interwebs and the Twitters of and the Instagrams. Cool. And uh, all that, so I'll I'll start there. First first shout out, have to uh since we're on the topic, have to give a shout out to uh to our business partner and uh one of our workers horses uh on the team, John Hicks. He's out there in Maine. Um he's a big part of uh, uh of the progress of Temporal. So love you, mm-hmm. buddy. Thanks for everything you're doing. Hope all is well. Diane. Diane, uh, Diane just moved down from uh, from Portland, uh, Maine as well. She just has uh, she's been a rock, helping us out for quite some time. Uh, said what's up to Jackie Moon. So you know those were all in uh, Jake. He's on squad definitely. Also, you know he's he's another beast. We're we're pretty fortunate to to have some really cool people uh, working uh, in around him for us. So uh, love you guys. Couldn't do it without you. So just that, that's first and foremost there. Uh, yeah, the whole the, just shout out to the whole Gravitas crew, everybody that's been with us from from day one, and you know all the all the people in Austin that have supported me, uh, you know all the people Toddy B, Lance Cashin, Jason Jenkins, Hypersonic Radio. Mm-hmm. You know, I think it's cool to see you doing your thing. He's he's definitely been doing his thing and supporting people, and it's a really important role to fill. So, and uh, I think it's I wouldn't say it's a thankless job, but it's I know how much work it is to edit something like this and. Man, I got pretty fast at it. Yeah, but it, it, I mean, <laughs> I it's not like so, I'm making money, but yeah, yeah. I mean, it's cool, you know. It, <laughs> it's it's an art in its own form, man. Yeah, and, and so, all the all the clubs, all the all the people, um, you know, around the country that that are supporting Gravitas, and 
you know, anybody that buys shirts or merch or any of that stuff, I mean, it just all goes back into putting out the next release. We, we just take whatever we make from anything and put it right back into it so that there's more cool stuff coming down the road. And all the companies that are supporting us with the Beat ALS, mm-hmm. we got a contest going on right now. Um, you know, hit us up on Twitter for that. And, uh, you know, you can win a whole producer package. So we got Native Instruments, we've got Bitwig, we've got Livid, uh, we've got, you can win keyboards and, and right. so software. What's the, what's the contest? Uh, so it, it helps to support the Beat ALS, uh, yeah. and we're just calling it a, the producer contest. So all you have to do is basically enter in your email, like some Facebook pages, and and uh, it's it's like fifteen thousand dollars worth of gear it that, is that you can win. awesome yeah like it, it the, the package makes me want to start production yeah, it's, uh, it's, no, yeah. cole okay, you keep we'll talking uh, while well, he's doing that i want to touch base uh there's a there's a monthly that uh we do here in town it's called next level uh speaking of barcelona let's uh, yeah. let's talk about the show we do there so um happens every second wednesday uh, of every month we bring in uh, producers uh and uh people that we we really uh enjoy their music from all across the country mm-hmm. um internationally i believe as well yep nice. and um so that you know that goes along against the premise it's a it's a pay once you want we we want to uh provide this platform for artists to to be able to play their music and they come through so you know that's that's hell that's what i'm doing uh tomorrow it's, tomorrow's yep. wednesday right yep. yeah yeah so that's what i'm doing tomorrow night i'll uh, be out there and um uh, you know there'll be some of the other gravitas family that's out there not necessarily playing but it's you know it, it's communal and so we'll go there and talk and see how we can help each other and and listen to uh to some music and and, and dance and share some laughs so mm-hmm. next level is uh is always a, a good monthly here that uh we we like putting on it you find it yeah so it's gravitasrecordings.com slash digital dash musician dash contest and like i said all the like, details are there yeah i have the, i have the link on the post cool yeah it's it's crazy man like i said 15 15 g's of stuff so nice if you like to make if you want to make music or want some gear it's it's we've got it all right there so Cool. Uh, where can people find you? Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Uh, you know, find you know LinkedIn, Link- Frenchster. Um, I'll where you at? Tinder. <laughs> where you at? He's on, he's shit, a, shit. I'm on all like, of that. I don't know. I don't know what French. He's mostly is. on Grinder. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you knew that one. Uh, yeah, yeah, nice set you up for that. Yeah. Um, no, nah, Cold Blue. Uh, C O L E B L E U. Pretty much across the board, personally. But uh, you know, find. You want to see the artists that are on the temporal talent roster? It's uh, temporal, just like the temporal lobe, uh, temporaltalent.com. Cool. Uh, you know, you got gravitasrecordings.com. Uh, you know, our Facebook, we're pretty pumped on this. Just did a little over 10,000 likes. So, uh, you know, nice. Facebook, forward slash gravitas recordings, Twitter, gravitas music. Um, you know, that's, that's it, I guess, really for the, for the music stuff. Am I missing anything? Yeah, we're yeah. Right? I mean, we're uh, yeah. Go to our websites, gravitasrecordings.com. You have a personal one too, don't you? Yeah, I've got uh, Breda B R E D E music.com, and then okay. just get all my mixes and all all my different tracks and everything I've done. There's some your, all your stuffs are free on there too. Yeah. Right? Yep, yeah. Yep. 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 Nice. Nice. All yeah. right. Uh, my turn to talk. Cool. Beautiful. Let's <laughs> see what's happening uh, Thursday. Uh, what can you do Thursday? Go see uh, Erica at the W. It's pretty cool. 
just saw her fun, fun, fun fest. She is cool as a fan. Yes. Go definitely go see that. Go see. I want to be her at the W. Love that girl. She I did our last feedback party. Everybody want to be her. Everybody oh, want to yeah. be Erica. So go say what's up. Uh, really chill. Great music. Uh, Friday. I'm gonna plug one of your artists. Is it one for all? One of your artists? Yeah. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> yep. Good work, man. Nice. Mr. On top of it. I know, right? Uh-huh. Love it. Yeah. So one for all, Sun Squabby, Blunt Force, Holy Mountain, nine o'clock, courtesy of the Unts. I've I've seen that name before, but I've never been to their stuff. Yeah, shout out the Unts. They're they're great. They're, they're, out, of, yeah. they're out of Denver and, and San Francisco, Matt Thomas. Uh, nice. they're, they're a blog and a website and they you know, they've they've been doing it for a while and they they really support artists and you know, they've sponsored some of the the events and tours and contests we've done and, nice. and they're always they're always a pleasure to work with. And there's gonna be some some live art, uh Michael Garfield and the Audible. By the way, I did go um on your website, check out the uh Blunt Force and one for all actually I checked all three of them. And uh it's some funky shit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's <laughs> some really funky shit. I was I was surprised. I'm like, yeah, it's gonna be one of those and then nope. Yeah, those no, are all. No, those are all kind of like so dope. Samples, vocals, funk. Like there's 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 some boom bap, boom bap in there somewhere. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. but yeah. It's, it's really good. So that's uh, Friday night, Holy Mountain, ten bucks. Uh, so go support. They bring you dancing shoes. Um, and then same night, Lenai at Lenai, the Midwest sessions with uh, Ron Carroll, uh, from Chicago, uh, DJ Shani, DJ Q, and DJ. No, so I don't know if I'm saying it right, but that's is that's how I'm saying it. Uh, <laughs> that's uh, Lanai, no cover, 21 plus, of course. Uh, so definitely, good night to be out that night. Now Saturday, uh, during the day, is the grand opening on the Gatsby. The Gatsby's coming back, uh, four o'clock. So what? Well, they're know, actually just doing a grand opening now. The one on six, six and thirty-five. Yeah. Oh, I think they remodeled the place. What up, Scott Cook? Congrats, buddy. <laughs> yeah, uh, so that's six and thirty-five, pretty much. Uh, so that's at uh, four p.m. DJ Bottles, the White Gloves, Shivers, Larry G. Uh, they're gonna have some cigars and food, and you can get shaved and all kinds of stuff. Nice, should be fun. Um, also that night, yeah, go get shaved. <laughs> it's November, but fuck it, go get yeah. shaved. <laughs> um, also that night, uh, met the man, Red Man, and Be Real. Damn. At Emos. Oh, you know what? Damn, we work with all of those guys at Proper Entertainment. I know. Man, yeah, I went to the last one at Mohawk. Yeah, yeah. That was you guys, right? Uh, be real. No, the Red oh, Man the and Method Man. Meth and Red. Yeah, I was in Hawaii. Uh, I wasn't. I wasn't working with Proper Entertainment oh. at the time, but that that was definitely a Proper Entertainment show. Yeah, that was that was really good. They so, do any crowd walking? I'm sure they did. They always do. Yeah, they the energy do. you give to us is <laughs> energy we give back to you. Yep. Let me walk on your heads real quick. Yep. And then do a shimmy shimmy y'all on y'all. <laughs> shimmy shimmy. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, so uh, that's at Emo's on Riverside. Uh, it's 28 bucks advance tickets, 30 at the door. If you've never seen Red Man and Method Man on stage and Be Real, uh, it's definitely a show to see. Yo, that's Those, a party, man. Yeah, seriously. If you're looking to have a good time, that's a fucking party. Go it's see dope. that. They'll walk on your heads, but you'll, you'll live to tell the story later to your kids. Um, also, Saturday night, uh, go see um, Odeon does this thing at Volstead every Saturday. Uh, that's always a good dance party. I mean, Volstead's been killing it between him and Louis. Uh, I think they have mailed this week. 
I haven't sat foot in that place one time. I need to go there now that I'm back in town. Yeah, you got to, man. No. Seriously, it's it's dope. Uh, it gets hot, but it's cold right now, so it's 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 definitely. I mean, uh, even slices the kid slice plays there once in a while. He's still taking off his shirt too. Actually, he does not do that that anymore that much. He because he, <laughs> he, he told me it was fun at first, and then he and then he started getting these shirts that he couldn't tear because <laughs> the collar <laughs> was weird, and then he he would like seriously like like cut himself. Hey, hey, Kellen, Haynes, white V-neck. Yes. Easy. <laughs> you need to bring that shit back, man. <laughs> really. That was, that was the funniest shit. Um, Sunday uh, afternoon, uh, Irie Bean Coffee Bar, 80 anniversary. Uh, that's Raph's joint, if you know Raph. Yeah, uh, Robinson, Raph. been doing Firehouse. Uh, now you got the Slab Barbecue on Burnett Road. Go check that out. So, yeah, Irie Bean, 80 anniversary, uh, 2 to 5 on South Lamar. So they're going to have free beer and free barbecue from Slab. And that's pretty much it. Um, what else do I have? No, that's not it. I got some more announcements to make. Uh, yeah, make sure you share on Facebook, Twitter, subscribe on iTunes. Uh, we're on Stitcher. We're on SoundCloud also. And uh, every week I upload five shows. And this is show number 43. Yeah, already. This is going to be a year. I'm coming up on a year already doing this shit. Busy man. <laughs> I'm trying, man. Good I'm work. trying. And... A uh, quick announcement, very important announcement. Uh, Four year anniversary of the feedback. This, uh, Saturday, December thirteenth, uh, at Frank, featuring DJ Ash from uh, Sophisticated Funk and DJ Mel. Nice. Oh shit! That yeah, shit indeed. <laughs> shit indeed. Congrats, and, man. Thank you, thank you. Uh, and uh, we're gonna be. Um, Releasing the app that we've been working on for a couple of years uh, called Nightwire. Um, if you guys been on the group me that we've been doing all year long, especially during South by, people loved it. People were talking in real time during the festival, trying to figure out what's happening right then and there. Nightwire is that and some. Cool. So uh, it's it's uh, it's getting there. I'm I'm gonna be making some more announcements as we get closer. We got a bunch of stuff coming up. But that's pretty much it. So put it on your calendar, put it on your fridge, put it on your post-its, put it on your dog's face, put it on your hand, whatever it is. So you remind yourself, first thing you see in the morning, last thing you see before you go to sleep. Um, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know where the fuck that came from. But yeah. Uh, I got one last thing now that you just sparked uh, popped in my mind about South by. Or South by. What's up? Do you see what? Air up there? Uh-huh. If you see up there and y'all are out south by, y'all need to come by. It's going to be a big party. We're starting the plans on that. It's, uh, it's What is it on Friday at 219 West? We call it Air Up There. Uh, air Up There? Air, uh, air Up There, yeah. The f- uh, the Friday of music? Yeah. The music part? Yeah. All right, then. So. Noted. Yep. Noted, noted. All right. Uh, that's all I got. Thank you. Thank you. Cole. Pleasure. Jesse. Appreciate it. All the best. Good luck with everything. Gravitas Recordings, TemporalTalent.com, and all that good stuff. Feedback. Thank you. And we'll talk to you next week. Ciao.